you, you, you know, like the sound where somebody's like clearly bottoming out the microphone, so it's like, <laughs> oh. yeah, that's what he sounded like. Okay. And that, that's what I've simulated <laughs> and also probably done. So we'll right. see what happens. Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rutherman's. I'm JJR Timez. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, which was released in January of 2019 and is a JRPG action RPG that was developed by Square Enix and published by, I believe, Disney Interactive. Sure. There's all of the information you need to know. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, now, so this episode is a little bit late, uh, and we can blame the weather. Specifically, I was feeling under it, and then JJ could not get over it. But now we're here, <laughs> actually recording lo- the long-awaited Kingdom Hearts 3 podcast, appropriately delayed to match the, the style of the game itself. Nowhere near as delayed it would, as it would need to be to really match it. It's true. But wait, wait, we'll release, this is the warm-up. Uh, podcast. We'll release the real Kingdom Hearts 3 podcast in 2030. Yeah, we're just going to bank this one and not release it <laughs> for 13 years. Maybe we should just stop the, the podcast entirely right here. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It, uh, it kind of made me feel like I wanted to do that sometimes when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes, Kingdom Hearts 3. You wanted to stop the podcast while you're playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three. I did. Yes, I wanted to stop all association with video games. I wanted. I wanted to reevaluate my life choices. I wanted my happiness back. So I think we should address the internet. Hello, internet. <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah, we've been talking to you this whole time. <laughs> and, but what I actually mean in that is that I I, I think that we need to address the sort of like the the hot and cold reaction that this game has gotten in a way that I don't think I've ever seen another game. That's probably not true, but, like, in recent memory, I've not seen so many people both, like, think this is somewhere either the worst game that's ever been made by human beings or, like, the fantastic conclusion to their long wait. Like, there have been, like, two sides of this that are incredibly divided. And as somebody who's, like, outside the traditional Kingdom Hearts fandom, this makes no sense at all to me. (laughs) So maybe you guys can shed a little light on that. Where have you been perceiving positivity, either Chad or Andy? Because from my perspective, I had mostly been seeing a disproportionate amount of positive review scores given to the game, but I don't know if I've heard any fan word of mouth about it that was positive. I've avoided all talk of the game on the internet. God, you are such a professional. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I just can't, like, it's going to make me sound like a pretentious weirdo, mm-hmm. but, like, I can't listen to other people talk about Kingdom Hearts because of how much I like it. Fair. Like, I'm just like, oh, no, they have all the wrong opinions on Kingdom Hearts. I can't, <laughs> I can't listen to them talk. That is what pretentious weirdos say. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, it's just weird. I can't do it. They would also be sitting in Sora cosplay, as you yeah. are currently <laughs> recording this podcast. Keyblade at I will, your back. I will go to great lengths for a funny gag. <laughs> 
significant monetary investment for gag purposes. It's true. It's a lifestyle I support. Well, I guess then uh, I will chime in that I've seen a lot of people talking about actually liking the game uh, on the Kingdom Hearts subreddit. And also, I think 100% of the people that I've talked to who have played the game, like actual human beings that I have interactions with. Holy shit. They, they have all liked the game so far. Though no Nobody has gone without complaints. It's just pretty much everyone I've talked to has been overall positive on it. It's a, a difference of how forgiving, essentially, people have been. I guess that's possible. I, I think it's probably just how invested you are in the series. Like, I imagine more casual fans will pick this up, enjoy it, and then move on with their life. But if you've been <laughs> eagerly anticipating the game for 13 years, it's a much different uh, can of worms. Mm -hmm. True. I was actually under the impression that, given I was worried my familiarity with the series was making me too positive on the experience. Hearing that there are people in the world <laughs> who like it is, it, it like it. Another every day on this blue planet is another day where I learn about the diversity of human thought and values. And today is another one of those days. That's fair. Uh, so I guess then I'll just go ahead and say, I actually like this game kind of a lot. What? Yeah. So uh, I don't know what is going on in Kingdom Hearts like 98% of the time, and this game was not different. Uh -huh. And I think going in, expect like, there's a joke that is widely told among, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like just traditional folk tales that goes something along the lines of nobody fucking understands the plot of Kingdom Hearts. And while that is largely not true, I think that that is tempered expectations, at least for me, enough that I'm able to sort of like ignore a lot of the things that I find to be inconsistent with the narrative but mechanically speaking, I thought this game was, like, had its moments for sure. I think it has issues with the player experience. Okay. Then let's dial in and throw the entirety of the narrative in the trash where it already was before we started talking about it. <laughs> well, well I, we will come back to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We would get, dig through <laughs> the garbage. <laughs> but for now, mechanics. Why did you like this game mechanically? I, I felt like they spent 13 consecutive years making the combat look as flashy and impressive as possible. <laughs> and I, I, there's an appreciation that I have for that, where that game makes me feel cool, mm -hmm. like, even when I'm not really doing that much. Like, I'm sure that if you had, like, you know, like the streamer controller display that shows the inputs, uh -huh. it would be like X, 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 X triangle x x x l2 l2 triangle like and that's gonna be the whole fucking thing yeah but the, the what that translates into in game is this like beautiful string of like <laughs> 19 hits that connects with like 14 different opponents and like has like some uh, roller coaster pops out of the ground in the middle of it and you shoot like a, a ball of ice that explodes and you slide on the ground and then you like jump into a wall and fly back at somebody and it just looks cool it's like the Tony Hawk of action RPGs <laughs> 
Hot take. Chad thinks Tony Hawk looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> New facts coming out immediately. Also, let's again mark that one down on your no clip bingo card. That's like the 15th game I've compared to Tony Hawk. <laughs> I agree that far. I do agree that far. This is a very pretty game. They, we know for a fact they didn't spend 13 consecutive years because they did not spend that long in Unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially given that they're working with a out-of-house pre-existing engine and had to mold it to something it really was not made for in any way, <laughs> this game does look rather pretty in ordinary gameplay, especially in the different ways that they can realize the more like CGI-oriented Disney worlds. And I think without like a, a hint of vitriol, it has maybe the prettiest video game forest I've ever been in. <laughs> I really love the aesthetics of that tangled forest. Good forest. Uh, but this really, talking about it, reminds me of conversations we've had on the podcast and in private, Andy, about you really hating that approach when they started to move that way in Kingdom Hearts 2 of prioritizing the visuals over like moment-to-moment gameplay decisions. Did yeah, and... It's got uh, similar problems in my book. Um, like in Kingdom Hearts Two, I felt like the reaction commands, which everyone else on the planet seems to like, fucking love except me. <laughs> uh, they, they felt like they got really tedious really fast because every single enemy has one. Mm-hmm. So you, every fight is run in hit X like eight times, reaction command pops up, hit triangle like four times. Like it the it just feels like the more and more they add, like in terms of stuff you can do mechanically, it paradoxically becomes more and more routine. Like this game, like every single fight was go in, do a melee combo do a keyblade transformation spam thunder a- activate attraction flow like there's always a new thing that you can be doing and there's no reason not to just cycle through them all so every fight is going through those exact same motions well, in kingdom hearts flow two, motions in those exact same flow motions I hate you. <laughs> in kingdom hearts 2 all of those hmm. reaction commands were at the very least individualized to the enemies that you were fighting Mm -hmm. and a lot of them weren't even that flashy like especially against generic enemies sometimes against like the nobody reaction commands they were just weird strategic things like flipping around behind them right uh but here the triangle commands are almost always the same in every fight that you do Mm -hmm. there it's an extremely wide variety of possible commands but they add this the entire game like you nothing is ever paced out individually like you were describing before chad you get the whole smorgasbord pretty much just up front right in your face immediately and then you get through at least in my experience all of the interesting visual flair in like three hours and then there's like 30 hours of game left yeah it's definitely more egregious in this one than it was in two um yeah, where was i getting where was i going with this Get back on, get that attraction command train back on the rails. <laughs> the gorgeous, pretty the, star train. The big uh, Thunder Mountain train mm-hmm. that you use twice in the whole game. Um, God, I, I totally lost it. That's okay. And then you, you further distracted me with talk of trains. <laughs> oh, what I was going to say is that the, I think both attraction flow and the Keyblade transformations 
should have been activated manually through the command deck, like the drive forms in two. So you can use them when you want to, and they aren't popping up every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. It almost, <laughs> add, like, the the how unfun and uninteresting the attraction commands were <laughs> almost added, like, a level of variety to the combat because you were constantly avoiding hitting the enemy with the target on it. It becomes its own minigame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Avoid I... the commands you don't want to use <laughs> I... while paying attention to everything else. I actually learned... I hated those commands so much that I learned more about the game while doing so because I had to Google, like, is there a way I can switch through the triangle commands mm -hmm. so I don't have to go through them in a line like a deck? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I, I added a world of strategy to when I used all the other triangle commands more interesting commands mm -hmm. yeah uh i will say okay, to to address uh the lack of variety I, a lot of the variety that like i tried to implement into it myself came from the fact that you could swap between three different keyblades at any time mm -hmm. and i thought that was a really good idea i agree mm -hmm. um but they fucked it up a little bit because the keyblades are upgradable and i think that that's a mistake because Unless you go do the boring part, which is farming for more Keyblade upgrade material, you're going to have one Keyblade that's just better than all the other ones. And so, like, the amount of variety that I had going through the game just kept dwindling down and down and down until by the end of the game, I was like, I had two Keyblades that were any good at all, and I really only used one of them uh, for, like, the entire last level. And... I don't know, that bumps me out of it. Like, if they had just tied the Keyblade strength to your own level and just done away with that part of, like, the crafting element of it, mm -hmm. then I think that it would have been more... Because the Keyblades have, like, incredibly varied, like, form changes and, like, other abilities and stuff. Even strategic differences in the way that the forms worked. I really did love the implementation of that kind of keyblade switching mechanic. It's something that I never would have thought of, but totally works well here. I essentially had through most of the game, like, an offensive and defensive Keyblade. Mm -hmm. And it, it, let, it let me pick Keyblades for reasons other than just stats and aesthetics. Because in the old games, what its stats were were pretty much what its stats were. Yeah. Uh, so once you found, you know, something better, you were constantly changing the visuals of it, but you kind of never had loyalty to something. And I think that's what they were trying to go for with the upgrade system. Yeah. I, I The cynic in me says they were like, what if you could play through the whole game with the kingdom key? Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole keyblade upgrading idea came from. And that's what I did. Like I, I, But mostly it was just because I was in... They, they didn't get the actual distribution of materials correct because they didn't make them plentiful enough that you could have more than like two at a time that were fully upgraded. Mm -hmm. And it disincentivized you from experimentation, which is a very old mistake that a lot of other games with these kind of systems have made entire console generations before. I guess, I guess my question then is, like, why have it at all? Because if, if we think... Because I don't think they messed up by making the materials not plentiful enough. I think they messed up by implementing the materials in the first place. Because there's already the... What the fuck is it called? The, uh, like, when you... The thing that you do at the shop the fusion synthesis synthesis like and that's that's a staple mechanic of the series like that's a thing that's existed since at least the second one it's in the first it's game. in the first yeah mm -hmm. so you you have synthesis forever and that's where all of those materials can go they don't mm -hmm. even need to take the materials out just leave them in but uh, then just have the keyblade stats 
get glued to yourself. Yeah. I think ideally what they should have done is make the materials become purchasable at the Moogle shop for like a, a bunch of money. They do for the lowest level. Yeah, one. like if yeah. they did that for all of them, like as you go through the game, you unlock the ability to buy them for shitloads of cash. Right. Before we get too far away from it, I did really like a lot of the different mechanical implementations of the Keyblade changes, which is rare, because I actually didn't like the the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay of combat, but a specific standout for me was uh, the Keyblade that you get from Tangled, like the one that's just the tower. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's really cool. Yeah, that form change where your, where your dodges like leave behind It's illusions. like wisdom form, basically. It, it was even better, because yeah. there, there was the one that's essentially a wisdom form analog that just turns into the guns, and you do the oh, flowy yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, the Star Seeker, or whatever it's called. Yeah, but this one had one where like dodging becomes a strategic offensive choice, and you can choose between combo finishers and... like. It, building up more and more mm -hmm. of and these it different does, forms. Yeah, and the more that you have out, the stronger the, the, the form names. gets. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't have that the names. It, um, oh, it's called the Shooting Star. Oh, well, Ooh, yeah, I didn't know chat. that you because that's one of the ones that I used. Oh, yeah. I used the Shooting Star for like half the game, and then I replaced it with the Honey Pot because the Honey Pot is just a better version of the Shooting Star from what I could figure mm -hmm. because it does the same thing, except it also has like a secondary effect where it slows enemies that you hit repeatedly. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I, did, I never didn't use it. Yeah. So at the end of the game, the two that I used were the honeypot because I loved the the gun form. Like, I I really liked... But, well, actually, both the dual pistols, the, the dual arrow guns, mm -hmm. and the... Uh, the like the, Yeah, the huge cannon form. <laughs> uh, and the other one I used was the the Pirates of the Caribbean one. The yeah, the flag. Wave, yeah, that has the cool flag. But also that one has, uh, like, if you, when you build, you build up the grand magic meter with it, and it'll give you a free wa water <laughs> uh, water 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever you like get a certain like combo going, yeah. So like those I, I really little side liked, effects are really nice. Yeah, I really liked the Pirates of the Caribbean one, mm. and I liked the Frozen one a lot mm -hmm. as well. I liked the like the how he skated around. Thought mm -hmm. that was a nice touch, and yeah. the claws were really cool. So I do agree that mechanically, this new feature of the few new features that were truly implemented that were meaningful was well done but even going back and playing through the game more on harder difficulties after i made the i think just mistake of playing on normal to try and understand what the normal experience of this game would be like even there i never felt pressured to really use the smorgasbord of combat options that i had at my disposal and to me that's really like the difference between average and great combat systems is whether the choices are necessary or just something that you do to try and keep yourself entertained when you know realistically that any choice is equally valid this was not a game this was a game that was trying to be nice enough to make all choices equally valid which for their target audience probably a good decision but for someone like me i really wish that i could have voluntarily added enough pressure to the average experience that i had to think Right. I think the big downfall in the design is that the abilities you have are not at all implemented in the enemy designs. Like, there are no enemies that you need to use any of your, like, magic on or a Keyblade transformation. Like, it's not implemented in that. 
and there's and enemies come at you in waves so it's really hard to like keep everything you need like in your field of vision Mm -hmm. and to like be able to keep track of everything that's going on you're gonna just get pelted by a dude from on screen that you couldn't see in kingdom hearts because that's just how it's yeah the combat encounters are designed and i think that's really like i think that's where the series like shows its age in its design is that like action rpgs i think have proven to be better when they're a little bit slower and a little bit more defensively focused agreed I'd, even by Kingdom Hearts standard, it feels like one of the ways they tried to step up the individual combat encounters uh, was by manipulating more recent hardware to have just like crazy numbers of enemies on screen at any given time, just mm-hmm. again for the spectacle, because this series clearly values spectacle more than so many other things at this point. But when you have, you know, a smorgasbord of five different kinds of Heartless, and there's like six of any one kind all just surrounding you that removes your ability to make anything approximating active choices because the things in each strategy you pick is good or bad against are both there at the same time pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think if you look at Olympus, right, which uh, is unfortunately probably one of the best designed levels in this game, Yeah, um, it sets it up like it's going to be a whole... Like, everything that you do is going to have a, a purpose, like a some kind of, like, reason that you're going to have to switch between things. It's that that level is the reason why I always had fire and water on my uh, quick select menu, mm-hmm. like my shortcut menu, mm-hmm. because I assumed that that was going to be more of a thing. They introduce enemies that have, like, a specific weakness to an element. They have a set-piece boss that uses the attraction command in order to, like do stuff to it Mm -hmm. uh i'm assuming that you can beat that boss by just wailing on him but but you're not supposed to (laughs) yeah uh so uh, but yeah like they're even like the flow motion and shot lock both get like their own little moments of like here's where uh this is going to be very useful yeah dude why is flow motion even in this game i have no idea like I actually, like, during the tutorial level, like, I'd seen, like, the reveal trailer where they showed flow motion, you know? But Uh I completely forgot it was in the game. And then, like, the tutorial pops up. It's like, flow motion. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) I forgot this is in here, too. Right? And, like, and it's actually implemented in this game a lot better than it was in Kingdom Hearts 3D, in my opinion. And so it was, like, every once in a while I would do it, and I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is fun mm-hmm. uh but then i would forget about it for another 15 hours of play you know like you had no reason to remember oh yeah it's completely useless and like <laughs> when i first got the arrow spell and the tangled level and it's like you use it and then it can like launch you in the air and trigger flow motion i was like that's awesome i'm putting that in my quick select right now i'm gonna do that shit mm-hmm. never did like and then i just like i was like oh i'd never you think to use this uh, and then th- I took it out, <laughs> you know, like more thunder. Uh, please. Sad, because <laughs> yeah, ice does the the blizzard spell does that too. You can slide on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's such that's the start of a good idea, and they yeah. just didn't develop it at all. I feel like flow motion is one of the things that I've seen actually the most positivity on. So I'm actually a little bit surprised by this. It is useless, like as far <laughs> as uh, it's not necessary, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it it is. 
a way to like raise the skill ceiling of the game. True. Because if you implement the flow motion into your regular combat, then you know you are like you're you're pushing more buttons than true. you would have been before. But you're just making it yet even easier, though. Uh, is the problem, and but but it does have the benefit of like not being in your face with like a triangle command every five seconds yeah like you can you can, you go to the flow motion <laughs> you know so it has that going for it I, I feel like unnecessary additions are on both a mechanical and narrative level like the hallmark of kingdom hearts 3 like everything about this feels unnecessary in so many ways the worlds feel unnecessary for the most part uh like i don't know there's so many f- is it features. the worlds yes the worlds the like actual- the your connection to the Disney worlds is like tenuous to the point of comical. Like you, there are multiple worlds where Sora touches down and it, it like gets there and goes, "Wait, why am I here again? What am I looking for? What am I yep. doing?" They say that to the camera. It's literally the beginning of the game. Is Yen Sid's like, "You need to go obtain the power of waking by adventuring around, and maybe you'll find it." Right, Sora, get out of here. <laughs> uh, Go to Hercules. He knows how to become a true hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he proceeds to make no progress on that front through any of the levels. You beat all the Disney levels. He still doesn't have it. Not, he hasn't even begun. It hasn't even been brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it's just like he this doesn't br- get it. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> then Riku summons him, and then they just save Aqua. And it's like, oh, I guess I didn't need it after all. Uh, now we got through all the contractually ovulated Disney things, and now we can do the story that we wanted to tell. I guess I just don't <laughs> understand the series at all, which is true, just outright. I did not realize that there was ever any sort of connection to any of the Disney worlds in the whole yeah. series. Like, it just seemed like the fir- that's the set dressing of mm. Kingdom Hearts. Now, the first game integrated it the best. Yes. And the second game, it, it, it had this theme of, like, going to familiar places and visiting friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was less well integrated there, and they really just wanted to tell the Organization 13 story. But right. effort was still made. Yeah. Even in the, its most tenuous form in Kingdom Hearts 2 at the time, the pretense for going to all these worlds was that your mission was explorative. You were looking for lost people. So you were trying to turn over every rock and getting involved in all of these issues. Yeah, and it's even interestingly brought up in a conflict in the first game where you go to the Tarzan level Mm -hmm. and Donald's like, fuck this place. The king would not go down there and play in the dirt. This is the, yeah, like, we're not going to this slummy planet. Donald much more and then, yeah. the <laughs> and, then, and then Sora's like, nah, my friends might be down there. And Donald's like, fuck you, because they're not really friends yet, and there's actually inter-party conflict, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then Sora, like, crashes the gummy ship onto the planet, and they actually get, like, separated from mm-hmm. each other and stuff. So yeah, it was much more, like, actually integrated into the story a lot of the huge narrative beach of of kingdom hearts one took place on the disney worlds i'm thinking of like the inside monstroso level uh and near the end of peter pan had a lot of like serious development with your relationship with your friends and like new understandings about what the fuck was going on with like Kyrie and all that (laughs) nonsense uh but yeah in this game so really chad there used to be integration it got lower over time 
but at the start yeah. it was genuinely relevant where you were going yeah. and why and they took the time to like actually show your ship like being around and like oh i got off the ship they addressed the fact that you came there with a ship right <laughs> yeah. uh it's literally like over time like a perfect like gradient <laughs> cone of like integration of the disney stuff to now where there's none right and now it's literally just like stapled <laughs> now now sully picks up vanitas and throws him into a door right <laughs> And then throws that door into a door, and, <laughs> and then, then throws that, that door into, into a door, door, and then into a third one. Yes. And then they just shred it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when it happened, and I was like, that doesn't do anything. Like, remember before when Sora locked the door with his magic key, a device used to lock things? <laughs> Uh, and remember how Venetus just teleported in? Yeah, like, well, also, and, and of course it doesn't do anything. It, he just shows yeah, up later. And if you'll remember the film Monsters, Inc. I do, yeah. At the end of it, that's how they get rid of Randall. Randall. They throw him through a door and they shred it. The beginning of this level, Randall is back. Venetus has fixed the door <laughs> and allowed Randall to come back so he can just fix the door. Yeah. He can just if effortlessly get back when we already know this. We're yeah. getting in to like the C tier plot holes oh, yeah. of this game. But uh, <laughs> the mixed bag that this game is though, the fact that like they actually uh, tied in like the theming of the Monsters Inc. level with the theming of like the Unversed was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Although it was stupid that Unversed were even in this game. Oh, absolutely. But it was cool that that actually, like, tied together and made sense. Yeah, yes. Were there Unversed in levels other than the Monsters, Inc. level? No. Okay. I wouldn't know. Like, (laughs) the difference between them and any other enemy is is 0% recognized by me. Their heart has little, like, crab feelers on the inside. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a picture of it in here. Yeah. Yeah. Continue talking. They're, like, they're slightly pointier, and they do have the Tatsu crab anime. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which... Fuck that guy, but mm-hmm. it's there's a like, difference in like the kind of color palettes they use. There are differences in the design, but it's kind of hard to tell. They're yeah. more pastel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess that's why they fit in with Monsters Inc. more so than the Heartless and the Nobodies. Well, uh, we could go on our long-winded explanation about why their association <laughs> with negative emotions makes them a perfect fit for the Monsters Inc. overall theming, but that oh, would be wow. boring, and we hate the decision anyway. So I don't want to praise it. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't really praising it. I was just trying to point out that while there's a lot of bad stuff in this game, there's also a lot of good stuff, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I was going to open with, if no one knew what to say first, that this game was, like, the definition of a mixed bag. I guess that's fair. So I just wanted to emphasize that. There is no picture of the unversed. They're that unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, is that they didn't even put them in the book. They were unversed in... Never mind, I'm not going to make that joke. That's not a good one. All right. Hard left turn. Yes. Other mechanical discussion. We know that the game lacks a lot of pressure to actually make you good at the game mm-hmm. to the extent where I forwarded, I think, both of you uh, a YouTube video displaying the late game bosses can be beat without you doing anything but last hitting them because the game requires you to be the last one to hit them to kill them. Mm-hmm. You, but you can literally just stand still and fucking roxas will just go ham and just win (laughs) well i honestly i don't because i watched that video you know in its entirety 
And I don't think that that is actually really that much of a uh, a like a, a a a black mark on the difficulty. I I will acknowledge that the difficulty for people who've played Kingdom Hearts games is too easy. I played it on normal and I died a couple of times. So like I'm this game. I mean like, I'm not I'm not a, an old hat at this. Uh, <laughs> But but I will, like, I understand that that is one of, like, the primary concerns. But I also think that that is less, uh, that he, that the game is so easy it beats itself, which is, like, a nice sound bite. I think that the AI is programmed to react to you, and if you do nothing, it doesn't know how to respond to that. Because if you watch, who the fuck was he fighting? Uh, Zemnis. Yeah, Zemnis and Sykes? I, I never really got Syx. Yeah, that, whatever. Yeah. Wherever the X comes in there. Yeah, so, uh, but if you if you watch Zemnis, like, he'll just, like, fly in a direction and then, like, fly back in the other direction and not really do anything. Sometimes he'll just walk toward you and then turn around and go the other direction and then he'll just shout and do a big attack. I think that, like, it's supposed to react to you and I think that he found a way to just break the fight by not put giving it input. <laughs> Isn't that, at minimum, its own tiny indictment? Oh, for sure. Like, yes, the AI should react more reasonably... <laughs> to it but like at the and, same time like maybe they didn't just put a lot of it, effort into it, that that could be unique to those boss fights it's also because they're like against three bosses at once so mm -hmm. it's probably more reactionary to what you're doing and those those fights to be fair i did find like to not make any sense like from a, a mechanical perspective <laughs> yeah. they i they actually kind of landed with me like to my they spoke to my inner 13 year old that liked square enix a lot i was like this is too easy and shit's flying everywhere you know like some of my adult brain was saying mm -hmm. but like on the inside i was like this is fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> i thought that the uh, well, that's because every time I had a complaint about those fights, you'd be like, we're supposed to remember this from Kingdom Hearts 2 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, because <laughs> like, I don't. Because uh, <laughs> that was 13 years ago. Oh, like, oh, I haven't like, played. When you were fighting Luxor and you had no idea who he was. Yeah, yeah I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Who's yeah. this guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, and the fight operates largely the same as that one, but like a simplified version because you're yeah. fighting two other bosses. Well, that's the thing. Like when that, so the first one that I did was because it was like choose, like go to one of these two fights as if it matters because you're just gonna fight them all anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was like the choice was between going with uh, Ventus and 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 Aqua. Or going to the other side where it was like Riku and Mickey, and I or just Mickey, whoever it was. It was Riku and Mickey. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even really know those people, <laughs> like me, Chad. <laughs> so I'm gonna go over there. And so you start this fight, and it's like you, Mickey, Riku, and you're fighting three other three bosses, and it was really cool. And then they interact, and this is gonna tie into a larger point. I'm not just complaining about one thing. Yeah. Uh, and then they interrupt the fight with a cutscene, like a long ass fucking cutscene, where. A bunch of shit happens and Mickey gets put into a card and they're like, ooh. 
and then all the cards show up, and then the fight immediately becomes less engaging because now you're just I, well, if you're me, you don't look at the back of the cards because that takes too long. So you just fly in a circle and cast thunder, which uh, catches like five cards at once. You just have to move the camera so you can see the other side of the cards, or you cast thunder <laughs> and it hits too. like five. To be cards. fair, that, that's equally valid. I just took my chances because I had to do the thing where you turn the camera and fly around after I ran. Magic is waiting for it to recharge. Uh, and I was like, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, this would be more fun if I was just fighting three guys. Because fighting three guys is fun in Kingdom Hearts. Fighting cards is not fun in any game, as far or real life for that matter. Cards are not an engaging opponent. Uh, but that persists throughout the whole thing. It'll be like, this is where I say I think the, the game has a problem with player experience, is you feel like you're having fun and maybe almost hitting like a, a challenge. And then something narratively will happen, take you out of it, and replace whatever fight you were in <laughs> with a different fight that is usually not, like, you, you're not as challenged by it. Because the goal of what they were doing in most spectacle fights toward the end was not to create an engaging experience, but to create a bunch of references in a pile. A sequential <laughs> pile of references to prior mechanics because they had no fucking idea what to do. <laughs> this Mechanically, narratively, on every possible level, the final Keyblade Graveyard segment was like the tournament arc of video games. <laughs> like that point... <laughs> An anime where no one knows what to do anymore with what they've set up because manga's written like on a week-to-week -week basis on horrible deadlines and it's really terrifying. So they just throw them all in a very neat, organized system. That's literally what they did here. In an environment we've seen before, with characters we've seen before, doing things we have either seen before or worse versions of those things that are less <laughs> yes. fun and cool. I have a quote in the art book. I didn't just bring it in here for no reason. You love this art book. It's, it's, a, a, it's a nice it's a nice yeah, it's I like pretty it. good yes. so this is from Ol Namura himself mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. he had quite a tough time writing the story this time around period <laughs> it, yes there is a period there. yes so many characters appear in this game with each of them having their own set of problems and needing to choose their own fate they are characters that were born over the course of 10 plus years and each character has fans who love them I ask for everyone to see their stories to the end and to see what each of them grasps from their stories. And then he goes on to say that he rewrote the ending a bunch. But I think that speaks a lot to the narrative here because they basically were like, let's just bring back every character <laughs> because they have fans that like them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's just fan service. It's, it's complete nonsense. Most of the characters in this game that are present already had ends. Most of them were dead or like <laughs> like incoherent with each other. Like you had past versions of other people whose excuse for their presence was a time travel mechanic that doesn't make sense in fiction. What happens when you kill these people? Like <laughs> you have killed most of them before in previous games, and not even when they were also time traveling. <laughs> you've, you've, yep. This is like the third time you've killed time travel specific versions Dude, of Zemnus. How many times has uh, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, been killed? <laughs> like, six? At least. I think six. I don't know why you're looking at me like I have any idea. We just want our manic eyes <laughs> to be pointed at a, a seven. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, actually, uh, so, okay, I read, this is not a quote from anybody of import. Uh-huh. This is a quote from a dude I don't know on the <laughs> internet. Ooh. And he said, the paraphrasing, because I didn't memorize dude on internet's quote, is mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 does not have a good story because they really only try to write character moments. And I felt like that kind of rang true, at least for me, as somebody who knows nothing about any of the characters. I have no past to tie these people to. Or, like, if I do, it's, like, very vague memories from when I was a child, or it was something from Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I have no, like, I, I didn't have a familiarity with, like, their whole story, but you could still make sense of each individual scene because of, like, the way, like, because the voice acting largely is pretty good in this game. Yes, the voice acting is good. Yeah, and the writing is some mishmash of of stuff that I couldn't (laughs) tell whether it was good or bad because it had a lot of proper nouns in it, but... It was bad. (laughs) It it was pretty lackluster. It was really awful. But you really understood, like, where each character was coming from, like, emotionally. Uh, except Sora, who is just always stupid. And <laughs> some characters is from, in Organization 13 who are just intentionally cryptic. But a lot of them, like, you get the personality. And I consider that at least a moderate success. Yeah, I mean, the characters have already been, like, set up and characterized in other games, though. So that does a lot of the work for them already. It just... Most of those character moments are rushed, forced, and contrived. <laughs> Simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And they in no way actually expand them. Uh, it really reminds me a lot of like two children playing pretend as different fictional characters in that their entire understanding of who these characters are are based on prior material that they will never deviate from. So it's just two, like, copies of a person from a past just bouncing off of each other, (laughs) neither changing the other or really meaningfully interacting. It's just one person saying, no, light, no, 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 no darkness, no. I would compare it to the ending of Revenge of the Sith, where, where... We've had three movies where mostly nothing's happened, and now in the last, like, 40 minutes of this movie, Anakin has to get turned into Darth Vader, Padme has to have Luke and Leia, R2-D2 and C-3PO end up on that rebel ship, Yoda has to go to Dagobah, Obi-Wan has to go to Tatooine, and it all happens in, like, 30 minutes. Right. It's just all really rushed and doesn't make a lot of sense or is at all satisfying. It's, like, the exact same thing. (laughs) 100% 100% the same motion. And I think it's honestly even worse here because this game already had a resolution for almost every character that they feel the need to dredge up again. And they don't feel the need to add new characters. The only new thing that's really present, narratively speaking, is like cryptic setup for the games they clearly actually want to make that are not this one. But even that, this had like this whole mobile game. But that's a, that's a whole another thing. There's so this many. This is another things. podcast. Yeah, this, that is another podcast. I think we need to breathe and then, because clearly we're getting sucked into the vortex of trash, like the the narrative oh, yeah. trash vortex. We were always going in. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think agree. we need to reorient, get some new gummies on our ship, mm-hmm. and then fly straight into the black hole of narrative feces. All right.
I also want to talk about like the Disney stuff because we kind of skirted right past that. I think that's probably tied in with that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be good. Yeah. We'll be good with that. All right, so we're gonna take a break then. Yes, and then. Okay, before we go on the break, since this is where we're segregating the mechanical discussion, which I'm sure we'll come back to. Oh, bonus break. We always do. Information. All right, what? I thought that the the fight, the four-way fight with all the Xehanorts was actually really good. I like that one. You mean with all the the previous final bosses? Yeah, like the all-boss. And some Xemnas and young Xehanort. Mm -hmm. Because that was, like, the one time in the game that I was actually, like, challenged on a mechanical level. Did you use the ability where when you get hit, you press X and then you just still hit them? I don't even know who that is. There's there's an ability you can equip. I forget its name because this game decided to literally bring back, like, every end game ability that mm-hmm. you would have in 2 and just pre-equip you with them and then add more on top. Uh, is this the one where, like, if you use the the air recovery yes then press the attack button you uh-huh. like fly toward them yes yeah and, i did use that i don't think i could have beaten the uh the 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 the, the lich is that what they called it <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about the, the secret boss no the boss with the um where they steal all the hearts and yeah and you and you, the you fall through the okay. yeah oh, i don't yeah. think i could have beaten that thing without that ability because the way that 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 whole fight functions is that it just moves away from you all the time. <laughs> it's just called aerial recovery, isn't it? Well, isn't it recovery and some kind of attack thing? Whatever. It's like a, yeah, either way. Aerial counter and this is another another great example of what you were talking about, about the enemy design being the actual problem, which I didn't recognize mm-hmm. and it's totally well, true. I, I want to do a commentary on Kingdom Hearts, so I've done a lot of research and thought about how the years combat is designed. Yeah. You're Andy and you're so I have cool. a whole spiel, mm-hmm. but I will not reveal it here. That ability removed any need for me to think, because once you have Leaf Bracer and that, you, in my opinion, I don't think you can lose. I don't think it's literally possible to lose. Because uh, okay. if they hit you, you still hit them, and then you always have an available opening to heal yourself. And that made the, the fights, and all the fights, frankly, after I got the ability, completely unengaging to me on a threat or mechanical level. And on a spectacle level, it was really disappointing to me because a lot of the actual bosses that you're facing are, like, toned-down, less spectacle-filled versions of their prior iterations. Like, Ansem specifically is, like, a really... It just gets the shit end of the stick Mm -hmm. in this game in so many different ways. But because they didn't want to retread what was going on with uh, the reveal of Terra being the Heartless that's been behind Ansem this whole time... Right. Cool in concept. I actually do like that idea. But because I didn't want to redo that, they don't give him that. And that was his, like, primary means of personal attack. So he just has laser cages now. And I don't <laughs> understand it. He did have laser cages in the first game. Oh, yeah, it was. When you fought the... him on the beach, but mm. only on the beach. All right. I'm, I was, I'm Whenever the... In- cool detail was only when the shadow left him and he was doing the submit move he would stand there and he would just send out the cage you're correct and he would slowly move these memories wow they worked so hard with all these years someone remembered to go back and play play kingdom hearts one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah what i wanted what i wanted was if they were going to go spectacle especially in that environment crazy cool environment for the spectacle to take place in not the keyblade graveyard again uh, and some and all of the crazy nonsense that all the other bosses did in together. Like, like compare this. I don't, did you even play Dream Drop Distance, the, the 3DS one? Did you? Let, let's 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 run that one back. <laughs> did you even play Dream Drop Distance? <laughs> did okay. you? Do you even Kingdom Hearts lift? <laughs> all right. My... 
my tone on that was pretty bad. I will, I, will I added more sass to it when I re, when I replayed it. But no, I've played Kingdom Hearts one twice, two once, and three once. Yes, that is it. They have stepped back so far because even Ansem's mechanics. And that was on the PSP. <laughs> it was on the Nintendo. It was on 3DS. the 3DS. Yes, I was close. There was another PSP one though. Just pick any console and you get one right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was on the Neo Geo. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on, please. Kingdom Hearts Neo Shadow on the Neo Geo. That'd be a port to come. There wasn't there wasn't a lot as much visual spectacle. It was there were lots of tiny individual people with a lot of particle effects flying all over the place to an extent that was distracting and not like you couldn't follow them for the most part. But frankly, you didn't need to because you could just attack back every single time. So what I was hoping was like, and so, because we're on un Unreal and two console generations later than anything else they've ever had to work with, mm -hmm. I wanted fucking people flying into the sky and like huge <laughs> shadow fists coming down from the Keyblade heaven to like <laughs> smite people into the earth. And I wanted to have control while doing that. Like I wanted that to be the thing that I was like dodging out of the way from. I wanted them to take the kind of visuals that existed at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 when you're doing, like, ridiculous fights. That's what I was going to say, is what you wanted was Kingdom Hearts 2 reaction commands, the ones that were, like, where you cut a fucking planet in half. I wanted that with agency over them. I wanted them to have managed to create, after all these years, a gameplay system whose natural implementation looks like those crazy fucking moments to some degree. Right. You're never obviously going to get there because you never have camera control to, that in a way that it actually works with you moving around. But I wanted things to feel as epic as the things that the game was trying to show me in gameplay. I, and I wanted that to be this, the two console generations step up. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that that was a reasonable expectation and it never got close. All right, I think now it's time that we take the break. All right. So we're going to do what we attempted and failed to avoid and talk about... <laughs> The narrative, at which point I'm probably going to just kind of shut up and, and take it for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, what you what you guys think about what happened? Andy, I'm here for you. Um, eh, I mean, I wasn't really that, like, I was expecting it to be the way it was. Mm -hmm. uh, Dream Drop Distance really primed me for it. That oh, game made it. me really mad. Yeah. Uh, but I was all lubed up. Uh, especially, yeah, and after playing 2.8, I was expecting the game to be too easy as well. Like, I was braced. The signs were there. Yes. And if you didn't pay attention, uh, that's on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, I but, I mean... It basically ended up going exactly the direction I thought it would, where they would uh, really lean into all the cryptic stuff and try to messily tie a bow on everything. Xehanort would get killed. And I was hoping for, like, a clean slate. But they decided to go into the whole Kingdom Hearts Union Cross direction, which makes me sad. 
Yeah, well, I think the but who knows? Yeah, who knows? They, they've placed an emphasis on it in in the more recent releases. So, like the the movie that they stuck on two point eight, and sort of just like there was like a, a an understanding that like, hey, Union Cross is going to be at least like moderately important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Play, spend money on our phone game, please. It, yeah, uh, it's just. I liked that whole thing, though. Like, the Union Cross backstory, when it was backstory. Right. Like, Lee, like Kingdom Hearts has a really bad habit of introducing, like, lore, uh-huh. and then just shoving that shit right to the forefront. Like, it's the story now, <laughs> and it's just like, no. Well, they did introduce time travel in, which allows them to do that. Yeah, it's just, uh, but whatever. That's spe- It's a speculation for the future. Yeah. What we have now was expectedly mediocre. I want to point out, just while you're thinking here, that if you look at my notes, not very many of them, uh, the first thing that I wrote down was I forgot that Pete was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. And if you continue to read my notes, you'll notice that I never mentioned Pete or Maleficent again. They have no reason to be in this game at all. It's so weird, right? So, me... In like five minutes, came up with a really cool idea that no one at Square Enix did. Oh, I, I was like, <laughs> I was really mad because in Kingdom Hearts two they bring back Maleficent and she proceeds to do nothing in that game, uh, and and they were bringing her back in this one. I'm like, God damn it, why? They should at least like incorporate her into the game in a cool, unexpected way, right? That's like the thing they could do to save this. And I wanted them to do a. The enemy of the enemy is my friend thing, where you actually team up with them, and they're in your party. Because mm-hmm. you have t- spot for two different party members. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. It would have been great, yeah. Maleficent on, in your party would be sweet. Nope. <laughs> don't get, they don't even show up, except for in, like... I think they're in a full 20 seconds of the game. They have literally no mechanical presence. Mm -hmm. None. They are in the movies in which they look for a box, don't find it, and leave. (laughs) Yep. That is what they do. They do find it. At the the post credit scene. Oh, they're there. I forgot that they they were there. there They they see it, and they and Maleficent's like, hmm. All part of my plan, mm-hmm. and then walks away. I she doesn't it, say that, but that's what's being implied, I guess. Yeah. I must have been blinded by weeping at that point mm, as my chocolate just blind fury just <laughs> died in front of me. It was this was it was very much like Babe moment where I wasn't mad. I don't I don't want the internet to think that I am mad. I want the <laughs> internet to think that I am sad. Yeah, it's Nomura, We are not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> This is actively <laughs> embarrassing to me to have to have other people in the room while the things that you wanted them to say appeared on the screen. It was I had to explain things that I didn't want to explain. <laughs> there was so many details in the narrative and I looked a, a lot into this because part of the backlash narratively speaking that this game had when it first came out was a lot of people claiming that this game is what all of the other games also were and that we're now just old enough to understand that that's what it looks like. Nuh-uh, no, not even close. I want to push back that, on that take as hard as I possibly that can. It deeply offends me. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Uh, I hate I hate so much that the first game gets lumped in with everything else. The first game The first game's good. got very good storytelling. Oh my god. Hashtag. 
<laughs> Keep Ansem as Ansem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> but anyway. When we did the uh, the story of Kingdom Hearts episode, um, we talked we talked about how Sora is an idiot. Yes. <laughs> All of a sudden. Yeah. Have you have you listened to that? No. Oh. Uh, didn't do your homework. No, I didn't. Uh, so I'm sure that was homework my... he didn't think he had yeah, to do. Yeah. In my brilliance, I've come up with a term. Please. Uh, they gave Sora Peter Griffin syndrome. Oh, my God, they did. You see, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, what a well, beautiful term. Uh, I kind char- of understood, yeah. but I had to like yeah. play it up for well, and it Yeah, and it made sense to explain it on mm-hmm. there. But they've also done similar things to Goku and SpongeBob. Those are my other two examples. Oh, and Andy from Parks and Rec. Yeah. But I don't know if you've watched that. A little bit. Not enough to get to the real uh, Where they're, they're characters that were like solid characters, not the deepest ones because they're like sitcom characters. and But characters that were like solid characters that were somewhat well-rounded and had like a childish aspect to them. And then as their ser- respective series went on, they just dialed that childness up to 11 mm-hmm. and basically got rid of all of their other character traits. Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly what they did with Sora. What I noted about it, because that conversation made me like kind of hypersensitive to that as I was like going forward in Kingdom Hearts 3, because mm-hmm. I hadn't finished it at the time of recording, uh, is that Sora doesn't remember things like who fucking people are and <laughs> where he's been before and things that he's done. Well, and there, things and initially... that Sora does remember. <laughs> Uncle Scrooge sold ice cream in Hollow Bastion. <laughs> He remembers that for some reason. No one else remembers that. It, it actually makes sense that Sora doesn't remember certain characters like Larxene and Marluxia, and you know because he had his mind, his memory wiped yeah, of that, yeah. those experiences. But like, and those characters know that, and they still they just fuck with him. They're just like, oh Sora, old friend that I've known. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts, or the scenes in this game uh, in the Disney worlds that try to tie into the main story are organization thir- the real Organization 13 members will show up, will exposit dialogue to Sora about things that he was not around to uh, witness and has no knowledge of or things he forgets. And then Sora is just st- standing there with his thumb in his ass, mm-hmm. uh, having no idea what they're saying to him. And then he comes back with a parody of that scene from the first game where he's like, my friends are my power. He just says stuff about how he believes in light and friendship. And that's his response, because that's the best he can come up with when they're talking to him about stuff he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, and then Goofy and Donald are like, well... Don't feel too bad, Sora. I mean, we'll figure it out. And then they leave. That's and that happens in like every single world. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. It's really awful uh on so many levels. There it's not a narrative. It is a series of attempts to revisit things that made the money before and made people talk about the games. Characters that people liked and talked about are here and they say words so that they can be on the screen modeled in Unreal Engine 3 or 4 or whatever the fuck four, we're on now. Four. Uh, 
<laughs> Don't they, you know how popular I am? <laughs> got it memorized. God. <laughs> and the game, as you have pointedly brought up, makes tons of jokes seemingly at its own expense multiple times. It's either at its own expense or really highlights how arrogant the people creating <laughs> the writing for this game are. Where they I think like, it's a little column A, a little column B. Probably. It, feel, I it feels wink wink. I feel like the way that it's I think that but, it's that they're really self conscious that people aren't going to understand what's going on, so they feel the need to explain and re explain things when the elements that they're putting in that they feel they need to explain Shouldn't have been put in the first place. Correct. That's. I think that's really kind of where it, it, it comes down. They they think certain elements are more important than they really are to understanding the overarching story. Because if you look at Kingdom Hearts 3 as a whole, the narrative is like, Sora needs to attain a power in order to get the gang back together because they need the power of the gang to stop the big, strong bad man. Mm-hmm. And... That just happens. Like, it just happens, and the fact that the other Organization 13 members are there is just a distraction, because you go in, they introduce themselves, you go, I'm going to fight all these people later, then you fight them all, and then that's it. Like, the, what they say doesn't really matter to the the point-by-point journey that Sora's going on. It might matter from, like, an emotional perspective as to, like, I need to know about this character and why they're doing that because... I've been playing the games for 13 years and should know these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that you don't need to explain because you're putting it in for the sake of the people who already know it. For most of those things, you don't even need references to the past. Like, there are things, you can do things in good storytelling where you create scenes where if you have the knowledge, it adds an additional layer of meaning on what is happening. The Marvel Universe is really good at this. Uh, where Sometimes. Sometimes. There's enough movies that it has to be said. Yeah. But, but that's what made the most of their money, is, is this style of storytelling, where you have enough context initially to appreciate the narrative of what's going on, and it's still a good story unto itself, but there are additional layers below it if you are invested enough to understand it. But shit like Xion, like... That story is over. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like even even if you're upset about the story that was told in three five eight involving I'm not. that character, but I like, like that story. Hey, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was my fan fiction. They accepted it when I was fifteen. Yeah. Uh, but like that, that's done. Like that, you can evoke that kind of. There are references to that in the series already. Like, anytime Roxas is present, there's always naturally going to be echoes of the influence Shion had in his presence. Like, it is the reason that he has two Keyblades. It is, you can have all of these characters who had their natural ends uh, and still evoke things about their past without putting it into focus and not explaining it. So much of this game was just talking about things that already happened instead of trying to be its own game. This game was its own game maybe for, like, I'm going to say 30 minutes once you got to the weird past death world and mm-hmm. then the island world that was at a vacation resort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would... a, a cool thing they could have done uh, is you have that whole sequence where like Axel gets owned by Xemnas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just bringing back Roxas, how about seeing Axel get stomped uh, like kind of triggers a little something in Sora, and he pulls out the two key blades. Mm-hmm. 
How cool would that have been? That and and it can do the same camera angle from two where Roxas does it, where it has like the panning close up shots of him taking them out. Mm-hmm. And it's like that would that would be symbolic and cool instead of forced and contrived. <laughs> So it's already fortunate and contrived that he is even there. Oh, yeah. Like, Dude, I am baffled. Baffled. <laughs> that they were like, yeah, let's bring back Ventus and also have Roxas be a real person, right? too. Right? Now there's just two of the same guy. Yeah. What and, they, like, oh, what are they going to do with that? Two of the same guy. There's four of the same well, okay. guy. Because Ventus is two people. <laughs> And oh yeah, and now Shion too. There's like, and they're all based on Sora, who's yeah, already like, there. <laughs> how are they gonna handle that going forward? Yeah, th- think of how think they of should how just have a the, the opening scene of Kingdom Hearts Four should just be like a firing squad, just like <laughs> just mows down everyone. That could have been the ending of this game, and it probably was <laughs> literally a firing squad. Not with guns. What I mean is that... The fourth wall is broken down. Like a SWAT team runs in. It's like, we got too too many characters in this game. Protocol 813. We got a 2319. Yeah, 2319. Is there there a Disney movie somewhere that that is in the real world and is about military action? Like, did Disney bankroll, like, Saving Private Ryan or something? Well, you got... Okay, so you got the the army man in Kingdom Hearts... They're in... uh, in Toy King, Story. I was gonna say in Kingdom Hearts three, they <laughs> yeah. already exist. Yeah. So like, but the military industrial complex is like something that is at least tertiarily. <laughs> We're not gonna get into the fact that apparently they canonized the real world existing <laughs> in the Kingdom Hearts universe, and then like made this weird three minutes of screen time excuse for it not being the real world by just saying it was a a parallel data universe they split they landed it they, with a ship they split the <laughs> no they split the toy story universe into two the, i thought this was like the best they handled this like really really <laughs> yeah. i do they, they split the toy story universe into two different universes and split up the characters because it's supposed because to be- sora keeps going my friends are my power they're like well what if we'll we separated the friends yeah uh, they do explain that but i completely forgot about it and mm-hmm. i think it's supposed to kind of tie into kingdom hearts 3d where the same thing happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah it was a way to like because they wanted to like experiment on um putting hearts in vessels which is why they went to the world with the living toys right uh so like it it, it all did kind of tie in thematically but with lots of things they do kind of gloss over it a little too quickly mm-hmm. Yeah, and like as, speaking as somebody who's not really a Kingdom Hearts fan, but is a huge science fiction fan, the most interesting plotline in Kingdom Hearts three, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, what's his name? Uh, oh yeah, what's his name? Yeah, oh. the, sci- <laughs> the you know the science guy. Oh, Zexy. Bill Nye. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. or uh, Yenzo is his real name. Right, it's somebody being like. <laughs> I'm just like trying to gather data on how to build fucking sentient robots. <laughs> and, like, I, I wanted to see how that turned out. Okay, we go. Basically, we got a neat Baymax boss fight, and that was it. Like that yeah. was the whole. Well, yeah, like that was the conclusion of that story. 
Uh, you want to talk about Disney stuff? Yeah, yeah. We, this, what we were talking about here were like the narrative high points of the world and mm-hmm. not the low points of the Frozen slideshow that I got to experience. Right. So, <laughs> the, see, actually, the added benefit, I've never seen Frozen. Now I feel like I have. Oh, man, you got to see Frozen. It's a really good movie. Uh, doesn't really interest me, but we'll it's, see. You won't like it at all. And uh, it's a solid movie. I wouldn't say it's really good. But anyway, that's personal opinion, folks. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's but I actually it's thought that Disney stuff was the highlight of the game. Which Disney stuff? All of it? I mean, like I said before, the whole game's a mixed bag. But like I, that really felt like where they focused their attention and time and money uh, is really like realizing the Disney worlds in this like ps4 you know next gen way like they're all fully populated with npcs which was always really weird in the previous games uh they they're <laughs> sorry so you talking about it being populated with npcs reminded me of one of my first just pure confusion moments of what would become the sequence of confusion that is this game where early on in the hercules world they have all these NPCs because the place is being attacked, right? Mm-hmm. As you said earlier, Chad, totally one of the best worlds, the Hercules world, but, mechanically speaking. Because it, it has, like, narrative thrust. Yes. But, but, and this is just a beautiful example of them clearly throwing money at something and then changing their mind. Was Did you remember that scene really early when that girl is, like, on top of a building that's on fire and you need to rescue her? You look confused. Yeah, early on... There were a few people that you needed to save. But this one in particular interests me greatly because what (laughs) happens is it's like a tiny little girl who's like, oh, no, I'm going to die. And Sora's several stories below. And there's like a whole thing, how they ramp up. They're like, oh, we need to save her. We need to go over there and deal with this problem in a way that sets up that you're going to deal with this problem. And then you don't. And then they just the next scene is just you rescuing her and she's fine and she leaves. And it doesn't matter at all. And it was like, that's something that got cut. (laughs) And they left the transitions in for some reason. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. They had that whole thing where, like, Sora was like, I'm going to go over there. And he starts to run toward, like, a group of people. Mm -hmm. And then they just talk for, like, a full couple of minutes (laughs) about how running is not going to be fast enough. (laughs) And then Hercules just throws Sora over there. Uh And, like... That's fun. Probably could have just run over there in that amount of time also. (laughs) Yeah. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... These now, are the C tier plot holes we're talking about. And if you actually like go back to the world later, you can talk to the NPCs and they'll like reward you with items for saving them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of cool little details. There was a cutscene at the end of the Hercules level where Pete and Maleficent are looking for the box and like they've dug up this hole in the this little garden area. If you go back there, the hole is actually there. Like there's some cool little details and it's just like that again, that stuff was probably like my favorite part, but you don't really get to appreciate all that if you don't like take the time. Like there's no reason to stay in the levels or to come really to come back to them when you're playing through it the first time. I mean, there was no reason Sora had to be there either. No, not really. <laughs> Hercules probably could have handled it himself. He seemed fine. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the takeaway. Like that's because your implication in saying any of this was basically that the Disney worlds were 
unnecessary and narratively pointless. Yes. Oh, and I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a whimsical fun time. Yes. Right. It was where they focused like a lot of the things that they are good at. Like mm-hmm. it's where they focused a lot of the visual spectacle. It's where a lot of good animation, like literally just animation of the rigs was done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's where they play around a little bit more with level design instead of putting you in square featureless, like wasteland planes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, when I was doing the Tangled level, uh, I was like, why does Disney not, like, make movie tie-in games? Like, I'm like, this is so whimsical. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going through this forest with Rapunzel. And I'm like, I'm having, like, such a good time. My inner child is aglow. <laughs> I can answer <laughs> like... <laughs> that question for you, Andy. I know why they don't do these things. And that answer was provided to me by an interview uh, with uh, some of the developers behind. Is it because they have to license them out to companies that they can't trust with oh, their IP? Oh, you'll you'll see, Andy Kinnick. <laughs> okay. Uh, this interview was brought to you by IGN.com, unofficial sponsor that doesn't give us money of the NoClip podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do bring them up a lot. We do, unofficially. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, apparently, after, if you ignore the first, like, six years of development of everything that was thrown in the waste bin multiple times of Kingdom Hearts 3, uh-huh. what, after the big restructuring at Square when they realized they were making horrible business decisions and almost the entirety of their management got replaced. And decided to just release every Final Fantasy game three more times. Correct, yeah. This is right after that whole situation mm-hmm. really went through. Uh, the structure that they had in place for the development of this game is that each individual world in Kingdom Hearts 3 had its own insular team. People who didn't talk to each other. The people in the Tangled world had almost no contact with the people making the Monsters, Inc. world. Uh And all of those distinct teams had a specific content with the people behind those worlds at Disney and Pixar. So they had a direct line to the Monsters, Inc. world. And as part of the contract negotiation, the people with the IPs they were working with, had complete veto power on anything. Wow. At any time. I know, like, one of the first worlds they revealed was the Tangled one, and I remember seeing the interview with, like, the director or producer of Tangled. I don't remember Mm -hmm. what. Some big wig at Disney. Yeah. Uh, And them talking with him and him, like, talking about, like, all the details of the Tangled world. And so that makes total sense. Yeah. So what ended up happening when they structured things this way is that some individual teams, like the people behind Monsters, Inc., or uh, for example, were like super behind the idea of there being a tie-in game. Toy Story was like this too. They had to mm-hmm. argue with them a little bit, but in the end they were like, yeah, let's fold like the actual story of these characters into what's going on. And that's why in those two worlds you had things that mattered. You had hilarious scenes where Woody is fucking arguing with like young Xehanort yeah. and saying all that sorts of- That was a of, cool moment. It was a very, they did Toy Story characters very well and all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when they were talking with, for example, the team behind Frozen, uh, they essentially were objected to even being involved in this project and were kind of forced <laughs> oh, yeah. into it and thought that adding Sora or Donald or Goofy or any of this would like ruin the setting. In a few circumstances, they're worried about them, like, about this game. Are they aware that Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 exist? They are aware. Are they aware that Frozen, the setting of Frozen, is basically a lifeless white plane? (laughs) 
with nothing in it. <laughs> well, that was her fault, but whatever. Yeah. We're not, again, stop trying to bait me into a Frozen podcast. Oh, show. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people were genuinely worried. Like, they had long arguments with the team behind Toy Story about whether or not they should be treating this as if from now on, this level in Kingdom Hearts 3 was canon in the Toy Story universe. Yeah, and they decided, yes, it is. Yes, which is very strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, That's the a difference is... between Disney and Pixar, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And, indeed. <laughs> and there were huge arguments, and it was very clearly on both sides, like a corporate coming down, because the people behind, you know, people at Square wanted fucking Frozen in this game, and mm-hmm. the people at Disney wanted the money for, that they would be given from Square to put Frozen in this game, but neither of the teams involved really wanted to do anything mm. related to the other, and that's why the, le- the levels vary in quality so widely. It's because some of them were literally made by different people who didn't want to do this and had nothing to work with and no freedom. Yeah. Uh, there was it, A lot of the like vetoes that they would get, which you might expect working with Pixar, are super niche animation things. Like, mm. she doesn't smile quite like that. Like, a little bit less teeth. Ratatouille's tail needs to be slightly shorter. And they dealt with this for years. His name's Remy. Whatever. I call him Ratatouille because he's a rat and he makes Tui. Is that the name of that? It, the, I, the name of the dish is, is called ra- Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Oh, whatever. I don't care about your Tui lore. <laughs> but uh, this is... That's real life facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that is that is real life facts. I stand corrected. But also Ratatouille, another movie I haven't seen, so I did the exact same thing. Well, that one's really good, too. Yeah, Ra- Ratatouille is actually a good movie. As far as I know, just to clarify so we don't keep having the exact same conversation, mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain there are two boxes I've checked, and they're Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story, and I've seen none of the other movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean, but I saw it in the theaters right. and was nine, so like I do <laughs> yeah. not remember and, it. And- I think they based it on the third one. Yeah, it was the third one. Yeah. Does, does he turn into crabs in the third one, or is that a unique thing that we brought to the table? There is something with crabs. I don't remember if Jack Sparrow turns into them, mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely from that movie. And... Narratively speaking, that level was the most hilarious of all of them, because that movie was already complete nonsense. Oh, yeah. and th- <laughs> well, when, they, when they revealed it, I'm like, you know, it's a really good fit, because... <laughs> I always feel like the strength of those movies since the first one, which was an actually good movie, mm-hmm. has been like the visual spectacle, which fits right in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. Like the way that level started, when you're just like on that like sandy plane and there's just like a boat being carried by crabs that you have to chase, <laughs> I'm like more of this, yeah, please. Yeah, do this part again. <laughs> that was mechanically probably my favorite level in the entirety of the game was the Pirates of the Caribbean level. Can I have a piece on the on the Pirates of the Caribbean level? Absolutely. Yes, you may. What is it? The, the World's End or something? The Caribbean. Yeah, it's literally oh. just the Caribbean. Oh, weird. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, that level that level has, uh, has, has opened my eyes to uh, an issue that I have with this game. Yes. That I failed to bring up in the first half, but it is important to me because I said I'm not going to write this down, and if somehow I remember this, then it's a bi- then it's a big enough problem that I need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think the Caribbean is the only level that does it correctly, and that is at the beginning of nearly every fucking level in this whole game. There is a treasure chest that has the map for the level. 
don't do that. God, it's terrible because it, it makes other treasure chests feel less important because the first one is just handed to you and it's a fucking stupid map that you don't care about. It's not a Zelda dungeon. Like, you ne- like the Zelda dungeon, you find the map halfway through and you go, ah, oh, finally I can now go find the other places that I need to... Everything's really easy to get around. Just give you a map from the beginning and make big treasure chests a cool thing to find, not a thing that you expect to see at the beginning of every level. I hate that. I do too. Uh, it was them working yeah. on other problems yeah. that they had. I turned off the map so fast. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because so the map is yeah. so unimportant. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like, that was one of the things they added in two that I always fucking hated was the stupid map that you don't need for the linear level <laughs> exactly <laughs> you don't need a mini map in kingdom hearts no get it out of there but yeah they just wanted the fucking chest animation back that's why it here that's why it's here they wanted the big chest animation and because they would be another thing that was in a previous kingdom hearts game that wouldn't be here if they didn't have a fucking big chest or a thing to be in the big chest <laughs> so they have maps even though they're like oh wait we should probably not hide the mini-map that we want to show people in this game where the levels are like massively more expansive. Mm-hmm. Still, I think, reasonable to not have a map at all. Mm-hmm. I still prefer, prefer a no-map. I can picture there being a nine-year-old who would really want a map. That's fair. Uh, I liked having a map when I was, like, at cer- in certain points. Like, I think yes. that, ha- that having the option of having a map, I think, is valid. Yes. Yeah. And, the only level... and in the Caribbean, I feel like it's definitely important. But you have the sea chart. Yeah. You do have the C chart. That's, yeah, that that's I think good. The C chart is by definition also a map. It so is, I'm just but gonna, it's it's, I'm it's not a mini map uh, in the corner of the screen <laughs> at all true. times. It's a big map. It's a yes. large map. Yeah. But uh, the only level that I felt like I wanted a map, but I did not turn it back on because fuck the map, uh, was frozen. Like I definitely got lost going up yeah. that mountain a few times. Because you just go up and down the mountain. I don't, yeah. I don't know why it's the, the same uh, mountain. What, I feel like it's really squandered potential. Yeah. Like, I, feel like the, I like snowy forests. That's a cool location for a video game level. But they did not do it very well. But anyway, you were saying. Oh, just the, the constraint that they were under with the maps is that if you're a nine-year-old, you don't want the nine-year-old to earn the map. You want to just give the nine-year-old give the, the map. Give them the map, right, yeah. yeah. And that's not even what I'm saying. I think that they should just have the map. Yeah. They should still have big chests. There's crafting in the game. Mm-hmm. Put, a, put a bunch of crafting material in the chest. That's still exciting to some extent, because the crafting is actually decent in Kingdom Hearts 3. It preserves the mystery of what might be in the chests. Yeah, and, and there's no mystery currently. No. The other thing, the other piece I want to say, because I didn't spend enough time in the Caribbean to really judge it, I wasn't a huge fan of the ship sailing around and shit mm-hmm. like it, it was fine it it served its purpose the boss fight was cool mm-hmm. i liked i like it spectacle wise of course mm-hmm. uh but i'm not gonna say anything about that here's the one thing i want to ask remember when you die in in the narrative when you go to the place between worlds or the play, final the, world the final world yeah i remember, yeah, I remember when yeah, you yeah and you go around you pick up all the soras that are flying around yeah for yeah those things i remember those yeah. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked that. That was visually. Do we really cool. want to skip straight to the end already? Oh no, no, no! We're not skipping <laughs> to the end. I'm just, I just want to bring up picking up pieces of of Sora, it doing stuff in a cool environment where you like change uh-huh. gravity and fly around. Uh-huh. It's awesome. You know what isn't fucking awesome? 
getting 300 crabs <laughs> you know what fucking sucks getting and ruins crabs. a whole like two hours of my life finding goddamn crabs <laughs> in a town it's so boring i have no they, they do it before but you have to find ingredients you find nine there's less there's not even two digits there's nine <laughs> ingredients you just oh you press triangle nine times you don't collect 300 goddamn crabs <laughs> Why? He wanted a realistic number of crabs to repair that ship. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Find See, a, a a good repairman. <laughs> One good dude, This dude. is a mystical magic ship, Chad. It's yeah. the good ship, no clip. Oh. Is the good ship, no clip. Uh, I actually didn't mind the crab thing. I think I might be the only person on the planet. Oh, I minded the crab thing. Because, uh, like, <laughs> for me, like... You did. You were gonna find the three hundred crabs. Like it was just an excuse to like make you explore the area. So I enjoyed exploring the area. But the area was. But the area was stupid and dumb. And <laughs> yeah, okay, I like. I liked exploring like, the, on that. <laughs> the pirate like jungle side town. I thought that was fun. Well, That's the kind why? of stuff I want in. Like I think is it like, ever since the first game. Like once they've been able to do more narrative and spectacle things. Like they've kind of lost sight that like part like a huge part of the kingdom hearts experience for like disney fans is exploring the world of this movie they really liked mm -hmm. when they were a kid or currently like now and they just don't let you explore the levels ever it's just like a linear go here go there go here go there go here go there leave <laughs> uh you know and you don't get to like just stop and explore the area, and that forced you to do that. And I chose to stop and smell the roses, and not it focus on the fact that I was picking up dumb crabs, <laughs> which was tedious and weird. But I, 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 I was I was able to enjoy it because I saw through it immediately and was like, I'm just gonna have fun. You know, like the montage sequence in like the the movie. It from like the 80s or 90s that's like a teen coming of age comedy where they have to like do something and so like a bunch of people are planning and there's that one dude who like clearly isn't into it and by the end of it he's like just sort of like laying on the ground and just like <laughs> not doing it that uh -huh. was me at the end of the crabs <laughs> thing like I was literally laying upside down on the couch <laughs> where you like hook your legs over the back of the couch mm -hmm. and looking at the TV screen up, like just walking <laughs> around like Gotta find these last 50 crabs. <laughs> you need to force the blood back into your brain from yeah. that have been yeah. just evacuating and running away. Yeah. I guess with if, the crabs experience. If I would have found it harder to find the crabs, maybe it would have bothered me more. But, oh, yeah. Andy, I agree with you about the Explore Disney World's point. Part of the reason I like the Tangled World so much, even though the narrative of that was complete shit, mm -hmm. was that it was just a cool forest and had a cool progression and nice little moments in, in the environment. Right. My issue with the crabs thing is that I can't think of a more boring place to be in Pirates of the Caribbean than like a seventeenth than like a seventeenth century uh, shit town. I just thought the pirate town felt unique to me as an environment in Kingdom Hearts. I enjoyed exploring it. If that was a pop if that specific location, that pirate town, mm -hmm. was like a, a real life pop up location they made for like Disney World, I would not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, but honestly, like kind of like the salt in the wound for that for me was you unlock photo missions at like set points in the game, I think. Oh, yeah, I think too. And one of them is to go take a picture of the of the waterfall, mm -hmm. and you don't get it till after you leave. So like at you one point, I had to go back. <laughs> 
to the town and just like relive that moment of, of walking back through the town to that waterfall to take a goddamn picture of it and then leave. Yeah, I think overall the pirates level was really kind of lackluster and boring <sighs> on when you go through it like the story part. Yes. Coming back to it later was fucking awesome. Yeah, and I like I it stopped. made me want a Square Enix pirate game. Mm-hmm. Like just sailing around and being able to just like air step back to the ship yeah. and off onto an island and like fucking sweet yeah totally dope i like the underwater exploration i was stoked to have underwater areas again even because everyone fucking shit on it in the first game and they got rid of it because no one likes fun cool areas uh they brought it back hell yeah they had a a total new mechanic (laughs) set for underwater abilities like your combos are different all of the spells are different yeah they're they're all called like it's like water fire i'm like (laughs) nice nice yeah they're all like more projectile yeah And so they had to redo all of that work. And the actual exploration that you do there is, like, well-paced. Like, you'll land on an island, and it'll be either this, like, linear branching path. Or linear into branch, like, like three branches normally. Or, like, one big sandy beach area for you to explore. You never know what to expect, but and you're creating all the direction because you're the one piloting the ship and just choosing, like, I'm going to go to that thing on the map. And I want to see if I can get up on this rock or if there's anything hidden underneath of it. And sometimes you found nothing, which is good for the pacing. And other times you found, like, tons of stuff. Like, seven chests all in a row. Yeah, like, there were some islands that were red herrings. Like, big islands that were just, like, a cliff. Yes. So, yeah, it was it was nicely paced. Yeah. It was probably my, my favorite mechanical experience in the entire game. You had a lot of variety moment-to-moment uh, moment because you would kind of be cycling through piloting the ship, fighting other ships in your ship, deck-based combat, or exploration with, like, uh, above and below the water. So there was tons of variety in what you were doing. And while all of it was still, it was held up by the same things that the entirety of the combat system is held up on, uh, it was a, it was a good loop. I, I enjoyed that loop very much. Fuck craps, though. <laughs> yeah. I thought the, uh, the anglerfish boss was pretty cool. Yeah. But I didn't like I didn't like a lot of the underwater stuff because they did just sort of put underwater ass heartless in it, mm-hmm. and they were just so, they were unreal in the same way that all heartless are. Like they're they're sort of a cartoony villainous mishmash of like blobs and sharp angles, and I'm fine with all that when I'm playing Kingdom Hearts. But like. It robs what I like about underwater environments, which is, like, sea life, which is cool to me. (laughs) And so I do not, like, my innate love of the underwater areas in most games. You didn't like the fish heartless? I didn't like the fish. I didn't like their design. They weren't fish. They were too much heartless, not enough fish. Need more fish fidelity. Yes, (laughs) we need fish fidelity. Uh a world that I thought was a complete misfire and was probably like my least favorite one was San Francisco. I forgot that that was in the game. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just kind of like a big empty city. Yeah. Yeah. It looked cool. I thought they were nice, moments. Yeah. But I've also, to chalk it up to this, I've never seen Big Hero 6. So I was enjoying the design for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is neat stuff. But I just followed the linear path. And then in, like, the two instances where you have to free roam, I was like... Oh, yeah, the city uh-oh. is really hard to navigate, actually. It's yeah. because it's, like, a grid, and it all kind of looks vaguely indistinct mm-hmm. from any other spot, like cities do. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the story was handled really weird in it, too. Like, 
pretty much everything about it felt like they ran out of time developing <laughs> it. Because that's really, that was the, the restriction that they had. Yeah. Time. They had nowhere near enough time to complete <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> well, I feel like they kind of didn't. Like, because they have not actually been act- actively developing it for 13 years. Uh, they started developing it, like, I want to say, like, 2014 or 15. Mm-hmm. Worked on it for, like, two years, and then had to scrap everything and start over. And then I think when, because uh, when they switched engines, when the the Crystal Dynamics engine lost the millions of dollars, <laughs> and they got rid of it, uh, and they switched to Unreal, and then they pro- the new management probably gave them an aggressive deadline. Like we, you need to put this out. Everyone's been wanting it for over a decade. I've got a metaphor for you, Andy. Yes. If I go to a fancy restaurant mm-hmm. and I put in an order for a steak. Mm-hmm. And then I go back there, and the person, the waiter is like, oh, here's this person, they want a steak. And then the cook, like, gets out. He's like, like why a, do you have a picture of that customer? <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop asking questions. <laughs> Get this man a steak. <laughs> points at the photograph. And then the guy kind of creeped out, goes into the back room, cuts off a nice big honker of a steak like just a nice big slice from their steak or (laughs) cuts off a nice honker of steak (laughs) and then picks up the steak honker and then just drops it and then goes oops i dropped the steak and then repeats that process for six days in a row (laughs) that i would not say that his limit was time just because they made the mistake repeatedly over and over again a series of mistakes that caused it to take 13 years does not mean they didn't have the time at a corporate level and i'm not saying the you know the animators didn't have enough time that's probably true Mm -hmm. i'm talking about the organization as a whole the corporate person oh yeah of square i'm not making an excuse for them the corporate (laughs) machine of square enix is the problem (laughs) i'm talking about the kingdom hearts team working on the game weren't given enough time to make it mm-hmm. <sighs> because another thing i didn't know when to bring this up mm-hmm. the music felt lackluster to me and like uh there were a lot of returning themes where it felt like there should be new ones and a lot of the themes while good um yoko shimamura turns in good work as always mm-hmm. uh weren't as memorable like i i didn't find my set like them all sticking in my head like they did with the first two games i'm very used to with all kingdom hearts games like pulling the soundtrack pretty much immediately after i finished it and just putting it on rotation in my car mm-hmm. i even did that with dream drop distance the worst kingdom hearts game i'm out of process whether this or dream drop distance is worse but that will be its own separate issue but like even that game had music i i was fucking stoked for mm-hmm. uh but this is the first Kingdom Hearts game where I've ever gotten annoyed by any part of the soundtrack. There was a lot of like really like violin parts that it just mm. didn't really do it for me. And you're right, there was a lack of original themes. The only it felt open... like once again she was not given enough time to to write the score. Right, and like the... a lot of parts felt like rush development to me. The only part that was like the only open quotes new song that I enjoyed is just the song that they put in fragmentary passage. The one that always plays mm-hmm. when the like the heartless vortex about. is coming up. 
this like dope awesome piano thing i really liked the tangled theme it was like a really simple looping melody but it was really catchy yeah. i was like hell yeah. yeah i have no recollection of any music in this whole game except like the toy story uh, the toy theme. story yeah. theme. <laughs> See, and that uh, speaks to it because like all the other games that like every single song is an earworm in yeah. fairness I have no recollection of any music in the other games as well, except for the pop well, song at the beginning. You're mad. It's been, you've, it's been a long time. It's been a very long them. time. Yeah. Uh, though I do also want to call out that I I specifically despise the song Let It Go, mm. and they play the whole goddamn <laughs> song with a music video behind it. Mm-hmm. Stop baiting me. It's a <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Why are you doing this? I, I know, I think Tetsuya Nomura said in an interview that his kids really like Frozen. Mm-hmm. So Everyone's would, kids like yeah, Frozen. Yeah, well, but okay, he's got Frozen-aged liking kids of his own. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the reason why that's in there. Fun fact. Uh, they had to rebuild, like, all of the rigs for all of that animation and like, the Frozen song and the pre-did cutscenes. Because, obviously, with most of these animations, we're at, a po- at the point now where hardware is developed enough, the people behind Monsters, Inc. just fucking gave them the animation that they did in Monsters, Inc. for them to work with. Right. But they had to rebuild Elsa from scratch. Uh, completely for reasons I'm not told. I didn't totally understand from the article. Uh-huh. And apparently, her hair is the worst fucking thing. Apparently, it took literal years to get just her hair right in that scene. Wow. And they could have just cut it out, and I would have been so much happier. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh. So I don't. You've got notes. I'm sure you have a lot to say. Yeah. We need to, like, go move on to something. I agree. So, Gummy Ship, right? It's now not on rails, or like a Star Fox, a shitty Star Fox clone. Right. Uh, Now it's a Star Fox Zero clone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is a more free-roaming, explore-y thing, Mm. which I'm into. Mm -hmm. Uh it's simple. It's still simple, you know, for what it is, because it's like a mode in a JRPG. Right. But uh, definitely, like my favorite implementation of the gummy ship, and um, the the first time you get in it after you leave Olympus and you go to Traverse Town, or not for Jesus Christ, I wish it was Traverse Town, uh, Twilight, <laughs> Twilight Town. Um, you go to Twilight Town, and it's like you don't get to see the map before that. You just like, fly to it, mm-hmm. and like you, there's like they've made a bunch of space caverns and things for you to fly through. So it's obscured from your vision till you get to it. And it was like coming around a corner and like seeing the world there in the 3d space was awesome. I'm like, do they get rid of the map and like preserve some of like the mystery of like what you're going to find next? That's awesome. And then you do the twilight town world and then you're booted to the map. map. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that would have been so cool. Andy just hates maps. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't hate maps. I hate unnecessary maps. Oh, that's Indeed. fair. Yeah, I also like the open world segments of the the new gummy ship implementation, but I don't like that they just essentially make the actual fights in the gummy ship, with the exception of like limit these limited turret sections that are easy to the point of boring. Mm-hmm. Uh. At, into their own just linear things again 
Like they, they yeah. it would have been nicer if they had a really rudimentary like dog fighting system. Also, again, just kind of aping Star Fox Zero. Obviously, that would be better if they had some kind of like deeper, more involved dog fighting system. That's just there. That's not where the money's going in the Kingdom Hearts game. Like, that's just not going to happen. I have a poll. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to, and we're going to come to a, a conclusion based on that. But if you're listening to this podcast and just like want to drop down into the comments on YouTube or on the website or just send, us, send me an email personally, <laughs> I have to know if this is just me or if this is a thing. I really like the gummy ship overall. I think that they did a super good job of revamping it for the third game to make it more like an actual space flight thing. And, and I thought they did a, a surprisingly good job for what it is. Yeah. yeah. They have an option to invert the, or the controls, like for your, your up and down movement, which is preferable for me is always it invert the or invert the controls when you're doing the free roaming 3d parts, because it just makes sense. But so often they put the camera behind your back and then make your movement just purely on a 2d grid. Yeah. And then I have to change the controls back and my brain falls apart and I can't control the gummy ship anymore. Is that just me, or do you think there should just be two? There just should be two control settings. You are acting under a set of of understandable constraints. In the 3D systems, if it was just a 3D system, mm -hmm. you're correct that the inverted controls is more standard. And ultimately, what we're talking about here is just historical standard, right? The majority of these. 3D ship control, flight control games have that inverted control scheme because they're supposed to evoke pulling a flight stick. Yeah, because that's how planes work. Right. But, it, <laughs> but you don't pull the thing with a thumbstick. No. You do it with a big old stick, and now you can get in this tiny thumbstick instead, and that's the reason why it feels more natural to control that way, and the majority of the games do. I didn't ever switch. I just... One had to be awkward, and the overworld was the one that was kind of awkward for me. Same. I, I ended up just turning off the inversion. Yeah. And it made it very awkward for me, yeah. but like... I didn't even think about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the poll is one so yes, it was one fine. undecided. One, it was fine for me. Yeah. Was it good for you? <laughs> I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes, so... <laughs> But that's about all I had to say about it. Like it would have been cool to have more if they were gonna they did the the fights as their own separate like kind of screen and it would have been cool if they had been more involved like the ones from two. Mm -hmm. But you know, for what it was, I'll take the open explory part at the yeah. sacrifice of the more arcadey style of two. I thought the bosses were cool as well. Like the, yeah. the fact that there were bosses that were exclusive to the gummy ship and that they were, with the exception of a few of them, not mandatory. They were all just sort of like out and about. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really cool decision as well. And it gave you the option to spend more time in the gummy ship if you were... Uh, all about that. Yeah, if you, were, if you liked it. But it also gave you the option to just bypass a lot of it because a lot of people like to meme on the gummy ship being like kind of a stupid thing. Right. There's always a special place in my heart for the gummy ship, yeah. even yeah. back to the shitty one from the first game. Yeah. When we were young, this was something Andy and I bonded over very deeply. Was uh, was <laughs> us not getting a lot of the gummy ship hate initially. Mm -hmm. I was very big, and especially the, I, I like I think 100 percented of the Kingdom Hearts 2's gummy ship content and all that nonsense. Uh. 
I did not. I, it's really hard. It is. It's, it's super hard. I mean, but fun. I, I like. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I like the systems. It's a ludicrously in-depth system for what it is. There's no business being that complicated. Like I'm not, I'm not even that as a compliment. Like many people do when describing complex systems. Like I generally think it's it's too complicated. And it's like a waste of resources for them to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I do think in Kingdom Hearts three, uh, this was one system out of many that I did not agree with. That they just that I think they were correct to port over whole cloth with no changes. And that was the Gummy Ship Editor. The Gummy Ship Editor in 3 is, like, identical in how you manipulate it to the one in 2. And that's good, because I spent a ton of time as a kid getting my head across this really, like, convoluted 3D space system. I wish that I had. Yes. Because trying to do anything of import in that, in, as somebody who's never really used it, is impossible. Oh, yeah. I tried to make a really basic design as a joke so that when Andy came home, <laughs> I would be, like, flying a stupid yeah, shape. And it, it was impossible. I messed with it in the first game a lot because I played the first game a shitload as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you get you end up getting the, the blueprints from Geppetto yeah. in that one. Um, and I just always used those. And so in the second and third game that I just used the blueprints. I actually didn't even realize Kingdom Hearts 2 had a gummy ship editor. <laughs> <laughs> because you unlock new blueprints in that one, like, all the time. Yeah. And I thought we spent, like, 10 hours in that editor. No yeah, joke. and I, I didn't open the one in 3 either, because I was I know how complicated it is and figured it was the same. <laughs> it was identical in all ways. Here's the, here's the deep pull reference that I think that future games... It, just all future games that include this type of an editor in them should follow, and that is Lego Racers on the N64 <laughs> had a surprisingly intuitive and easy to use like car editor where you snapped blocks together, and it's essentially the same thing as building the gummy ship. It's just you have to work from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you just like allowed it to be reversed, so you could stick shit to the bottom of it. It would work the same way. I think it's just yeah. easier and better. But that's just personal. Yeah, I love the concept. It's just always the barrier to entry is much too high. It's very yes. high. Yes. Yeah, it's huge. So, we'll talk about that ending shit. Yeah, let's And I feel like out. to talk about the ending, we should actually start where the Disney stuff ends. Like where, where you rescue Aqua. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... I'm really glad that despite... Releasing an entire like preview game, like a, like a demo for Kingdom Hearts three involving nothing but Aqua, that they gave that she's evil now, literally no build up whatsoever, and just had her be there as an evil person. Mm -hmm. Now <sighs> the whole like Aqua storyline just reeks of so much cut content or stuff they never even got to start on or implement in any way. Yeah. Uh, because like, like they wanted to have like a whole separate game that of her in the realm of darkness doing stuff that they didn't get to make. They had to make it into a four-hour demo tech demo for Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, so yeah, that was all pretty like felt really rushed and disappointing. Because <laughs> I was really invested in that character. I see, I have the Wayfinder right here in front of me. Oh, I know you do. Uh, so that was fairly disappointing. And it kept being disappointing because <laughs> I one thing I was really looking forward to in the story was going back to Castle Oblivion. Mm -hmm. I was like, that has a lot of uh, like 
cool directions they could go with that never been in a, in a game designed from the ground up to be 3d right yeah like just all like everything that happened in chain of memories and the fact that like it's all been forgotten and like returning to that location maybe remembering some stuff like having to go in it and actually like you know do some stuff you could make it intentionally confusing you mm-hmm. know you, you can play with like levels loading up in different sequences as you go through them in a way that is evocative of what the experience of the castle was supposed to be like yep so much you could have done there and they don't even go inside <laughs> uh aqua points a key at it and it just changes back i thought you had to like go all the way up to the top to the throne room to undo it yeah me too because she was in the throne room when she locked it yeah that makes sense yeah 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 i thought that and then the fact that like sora (laughs) couldn't go to the top without losing his memories like i I thought that would be like an interesting hurdle or challenge to overcome it's such a great defensive mechanism yeah really thought they could do a lot with that and they did nothing yeah do you think any keyblade could have done that including sora's or like does it need to specifically be the masters i think it has to be that keyblade okay it's weird rules in place Mm -hmm. but yeah that's so yeah sorry we're we're just going to continue whinging about things this really should may even end up being part of the thing that I hope to do at the end of this, which is us just ranting mm. on microphone about what we wanted three to be, mm-hmm. because a lot, I've spent a lot of intervening time trying to do like the various like negative or the various narrative uh, and like mechanical outlines of what I was kind of hoping for. Because once I finished this and it was so bad, <laughs> I needed I needed to like create an effigy of what I wanted it to be, right? Like in a crazy person. Yeah, I didn't even have that high expectations, and, I, but like there's like a couple of avenues like this where I'm like they could do something cool here, yeah. That is just completely swept under the rug, <laughs> utterly, which is disappointing. Yeah. You okay. want to say a word, Chad? The masters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was cool to be in the land of departure for two seconds Mm -hmm. and then uh you wake up ventus also equally rushed and uneventful you get to play as aqua for one second Mm -hmm. kind of fun yeah uh you get to do the spell weaver and be like i remember that yeah um i remember that as a a common refrain of this game i don't remember that (laughs) right well obviously Mm -hmm. um and then uh you go to the Keyblade Graveyard. Now we can actually get into the ending stuff. Uh, the Keyblade Graveyard as a location was introduced in... Birth by Sleep. Right. Where it was fucking awesome and a great idea, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, because you kept mentioning, like, not the, not the Keyblade Graveyard again. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I've yeah, seen was, the Keyblade yeah. Graveyard. So, like, a lot of this is just, like, not even a thing. Yeah, it was the final level of Birth by Sleep. And mm. it was quiet, and it was somber. You mean there were 10 million Heartless? No, there weren't. <laughs> in a literal tornado of Heartless? <laughs> no, there weren't. It felt dead. It felt ominous the whole time. Uh, and as you were going through this place, the tornado motif is, is ripped from Birth by Sleep. Uh-huh. There were tinier tornadoes that, from a PSP screen perspective, were imposing and scary. Uh, instead of there just being enemies in the overworld, a tornado would come from really far away and go way Home faster you. Yeah. than you could possibly avoid it, and you just get sucked into it, and, and then you fight enemies battle. in there. Yeah. And, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and that was a cool idea. That's what the, the tornado thing is from. But yeah. 
in the Keyblade Graveyard, the whole purpose of the way that that place looks was because they were recontextualizing, they were creating cool deep lore for Keyblades. Not about the war that the game seems to care about, but about what that kind of implies. Like you have this item that up until that point in the series was treated as this like sacred, holy artifact, essentially, that mm -hmm. everyone fucking cared about. And then out of nowhere, at the climax of, of a very good game, Birth by Sleep, you just appear in a circumstance that makes you, that completely upset, upends all your assumptions about that and shows that like, you aren't special in any meaningful way. Like you have this incredible power and so did hundreds of thousands of other people who are also now dead. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was what that's supposed to evoke in you, and they don't do anything with it, and they just go back because it looks cool. It does look well, cool. and it's tied to Xehanort, too. But anyway, so it's really fucking weird. So when you get there, <laughs> you you walk through the the, the canyon, the crevasse, mm -hmm. whatever. You get out into the open. The classic crevasse. Yes, the classic crevasse. Didn't remember that. Uh, we remember that. There was a crevasse in the other games, and they brought the crevasse back. Uh, uh, out onto the, the, the battlefield, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's just like, ah, like you were destined to fail. And then everyone dies. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you go to the final world, which was pretty cool, as you brought up. Uh -huh. I wish there would have been a bit more to do there, Agreed. but you know, it kind of might have, might have, might have robbed it of some of its effect if yeah. there was more. Should not have been more to do there. One hundred percent. There was already, I think, too much to do. There, there were too many. There was to there grab. was only one thing to do there that was took too long. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah, there was th okay. So. This is, like, the one part that I actually have a piece on that I yes. might disagree with and or know anything at all about what the fuck you're talking about. Uh -huh. uh, in this instance, and you guys can fill me in if this is also tied to something else no, and I this don't is know. New. Not that. the You pick up, you go talk to some stars, and the stars all tell a story about something that actually happened, like, why this. they died. Oh. Did really? You? Yeah. Okay, you oh, did actually. Was, yeah, that was super interesting to me. Yeah, and I saw something about it online. I totally missed it. Yeah, I wanted... and I, I meant to go back and do it, but forgot. I forgot to look up theories about that because that was one of the few times in the game where they were correctly trying to evoke yeah. questions and not just references. Yeah, and, and it definitely felt like sequel setup. Yes. Like I felt like there was some stuff that the Chirithi said as well that was like seeds for. Okay, I hope none of this is correct because what I was what I thought. Uh, when I went through it, is that they were just basically giving you a p potentially relatable real life, like to emphasize that this is sort of like an afterlife for people who are not like satisfied with the life that they had. And uh -huh. like it made each of these things like somewhat actually affecting and it was like you read the thing like the ones where you actually talk to the thing i thought were worse like the ones that they spent development time on because it felt too like impersonal i guess yeah yeah whereas the ones that you actually just read the text for it was like you get this idea of a person who may have lived talking about some shit that happened and and it was like i don't it was like good world building and i really enjoyed that part and that's the, and I thought that was cool. Then you grab the things, then you do the cool acrobatic thing, and then it's over. And I thought right. that that part, I thought it was really clean, 
really well, that, drove points home. That's exactly the thing kind of thing that I wanted and just missed it. So good job, game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry they didn't. They, yeah, they sorry made them I missed. Invisible. Yeah, they were invisible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't run directly. Into I think one. I yeah. may have interacted with one and didn't know what it was, and right. then went and did the thing. But that level was exactly not the running around part, like the part where you're talking and just in an open plane is the mm -hmm. kind of world building that we really praised kingdom hearts for in general it's the kind of stuff that i'm generally with the series for and it's what i think we were trying to get across in our uh discussion of the first kingdom hearts game where we think the tone is one of the best things that oh yeah we played in the series absolutely tone and sequences like that is fantastic and that's like, really what they're known like for. reading the the book chad won't remember this mm -hmm. and you may not even remember it uh in the world terminus right mm -hmm. at the end of kingdom hearts one in the the end of the world level you get to the one that represents hollow bastion and there's this book in there which gives you like some lore about the heartless and like that's one of like m like my favorite moments in the game is reading that book because mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like really good world building similar to this yeah. but anyway i just wanted to throw out that example yeah. but yeah. after that you're brought back to life because Kyrie is important somehow in undefined ways yes uh and then you're also put backwards in time, and it's unclear if yeah, you so or anyone else around you remembers what happened. I, I think oh, right, that yeah. Sora does, but I might just but he be does misremembering. The things again. Yeah, it's like someone hit the reset button, and now everything's back, but this time we can win. But this time the power uh, of Nier Automata has yeah. granted us. <laughs> okay, so I, that was not spoiled for me. Same. Me neither. And I thought that was really cool as somebody that actually played Unchained Key. Like it was, I was like, "Oh, this is just pilfered straight from near." But right. it's still, I was not expecting it at all, which made it land pretty well for me. I knew about it because they advertised it as a, as a selling point to try oh, and get no. people to play Key. Uh, they said, "You'll Man. be you'll be a part of Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh Glad I missed that. Yeah, wait, I wonder. Wait, where did, did they, they advertise? Did they this? connect to the internet to get the names, or did they make a list of people and hard code it onto the disc? I don't know. They, I they, hope it is the second. They hard coded it. <laughs> That's the amazing, disc. actually. Uh, because I know I heard other people talking about it uh, online, and they said that they remembered the last name. Mm. And they both remembered the same one, so they figured it's like a predefined list. Yep, it might like that's the they, better version. They of this, theorized I think. that it might have been like top scores or something, or mm -hmm. like something like that. Yeah, I assume there was some metric like all mobile games by which you assert dominance over other people yeah. on board. <laughs> uh, but I didn't play those games, so I didn't care. Uh, but yeah, uh, they pilfered it from Nier Automata, where it made way more sense in Nier Automata. I, I, I gotta admit, even I think though it, it makes at least the same amount of sense <laughs> in both games because in this case it's, it's just these people are just supposed to be representations of people who lived a billion years ago died in the keyblade in the exact spot that they're in and it's just one of the keyblades that are planted all over the ground like a fucking garden flying in and and doing a little damage to the boss agreed like, i think but it's it, fine in both it's more narratively impactful in near. yeah it's more effective in near and in but in near it makes more sense when one of the, the names of the keyblade that is flying up to assist you mm -hmm. uh is like xxx rexor 69 xxx right yeah because <laughs> it's a game about much of computer theming mm -hmm. and your characters have impersonal inhuman names uh, except in Kingdom Hearts, where they just gave them the fucking stupid online user handles, and it was really distracting. I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, you didn't really have. I didn't have that much time to read them anyway. Yeah. While Ma- I was maybe it's playing, a cultural thing. What was happening? Yeah. yeah. Maybe like hundreds of years ago, that was <laughs> just a normal name. <laughs> so, and then after you do that, uh, more ties to Unchained Key because you see the character Ephemer, who is important in Unchained Key, but Unchained Key is really cryptic, and I don't know exactly why he's important, but he is. Uh, he's there. He's like, hey, Sora, or some shit. How uh, you doing, bud? Uh, what's up? I'll probably be in Kingdom Hearts 4. You want some weed? Uh, so, and then he goes away, and it's like, what? Uh, remember that from people who played I remember Union that. Cross? Or what? Yeah, is but that a anyway, reference so, to a prior game? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, uh, so then, uh, fucking Yen Sid shows up and makes, like, a big shield, uh, and then they're like, go into the maze and f- do the boss fights. Yep. Uh, and then they do that. And so can we finally talk about Kyrie and Axel having Keyblades? Because it's been festering. That's been festering the entirety, for as long as I have known you, you yes. have hated this. Yes. Uh, and I also hate it. Uh, not as much as you, but I do also dislike well, it. Well, it's just because of the context of the first game where the Keyblade is set up to be the Keyblade. Mm-hmm. And then they retcon that to be like, nah, <laughs> everyone can have one. Oh, they're like Green Lantern rings. Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. That's the perfect fictional equivalent. Now they're Green Lantern <laughs> rings, and you can earn one. But uh, but anyway, that's a long thing. Right. I'm not going to get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my problem here is that they're, they're shown, like, it's a whole thing that it's, was set up in, like, 3D, Kingdom Hearts 3D, that they're going to be Keyblade wielders now because we need seven of them to fight the 13 darknesses and whatever bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I kind of, Lee and Kyrie go train with Merlin in some magical <laughs> hyperbolic time chamber. I have the fucking words hyperbolic time forest written yes. on uh, my phone. And then, he never shows up either. No, you never see Merlin there. <laughs> and in fact, It seems like, it's not like they had a guy <laughs> that they had to pay to be, they could have yeah. just animated Merlin. <laughs> Merlin's and in the game already yeah but anyway so and they don't even fucking show it they just have like some trees and like a rock that they sit on and it's always like shot from the same angle so they don't have to show too much uh and then uh they're training and then axel is like she calls him lee right Mm because that's what he's called now he's a real person again and he's like don't call me that call me axel (laughs) and and it's like what? <laughs> Wait, we set up. up this whole thing where now he's Lee. Why did you change why, your mind? Why? And then, and then because and nobody then, knows him as Lee, and they and people like Axel. He's the same guy. It doesn't matter what his name is. But anyway, so but everyone already had it memorized, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they aren't going to memorize two things. Uh, so then they show, and it's just like a short scene. It's like a throwaway thing, whatever. Then they come back to it, and Kyrie puts put on her new outfit, right? That the yeah. fairies made her, and then she's like Axel or, or Lee, whatever she called him. I don't remember. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Axel. You could have done interesting stuff, but like certain people will call him Axel, and certain people will call him Lee, and that'll give you like clue you into his character and his relationship with people. Yeah. But whatever. They don't. They, they said fuck that. Um, so then. Uh, <laughs> She's like, why don't you put on your new clothes that the fairies made you? And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to wear this. Because that's what I always wear. How will people know who I am if they don't call me Axel and I'm not wearing this? You need the same indistinguishable cloak that, yeah, that everyone else people. wears. So, like, why did they even set that up? Why 
didn't they cut all those scenes <laughs> don't know. where they were like, hey, Axel, or hey, Lee, and like, no, don't call me that. Hey, why don't you put on those new clothes? No. <laughs> same Axel as always. Nothing different. Now he just has a keyblade. There's no point to any of that. Yeah. That really there, bugged me. And was- then when you're actually in the fucking maze back to the end of the game. Yeah. They, like, don't even do anything. Yeah, they get their asses beat. And it's cool. There's, like, one scene where you see Axel, Lee, whatever, wielding his Keyblade, and he's, like, holding it by the chakra part, and he's actually, like, spinning it around. And I was like, that's a neat detail. He's using it (laughs) that way. Good on you. But but that's all I can say positive about that. (laughs) Uh, And then Kyrie gets kidnapped. What? Oh, man. Who saw that coming? She swings the Keyblade maybe, like, three times. Yep, and I'm upset that Zemnis didn't do the anime backhand when. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice. Oh, like, and another thing, like I could go on forever about details I know you at could. the end here. Uh, how how did we not get a sequence where Kyrie and Riku are your party members? I don't like know. Like an extended sequence of a level where it's the three of them together. Why would did that not happen? <laughs> Seems like a pretty obvious thing to do, but whatever. Uh, and then, furthermore, at the end, skip a little to the end, and then we'll dial it back and talk about other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how about Aqua, Ventus, and Terra, the ones who have a relationship with the main bad guy, help you fight him? That would be nice. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. But anyway, so enough on missed opportunities. And anything else about the the maze boss fight thing, or did we cover that enough already? Never enough. I mean, we already I've already complained several times about it being uh, them literally just running out of ideas and not having any new even visual direction to take all these characters they themselves brought back for money. Uh, also, for the record, I would have hated if Aqua and Terra and Ventus were your party members in the final boss, and I think is like. Kind of the core audience of this game, people who played Kingdom Hearts one and two and nothing else. Mm-hmm. I I like the if they would have just dropped in two characters who, based on the characterization in Kingdom Hearts three, mm-hmm. are bland, useless, and do nothing, uh, would have upset me a lot. Just where I'm like, what about like the party members that I've spent the entire game? Well, I'm not with? suggesting that you get rid of Donald and Goofy. Hold just on, add them. hold on. There's an easy solution to this that they didn't do. Uh, Make the characters better in the third game <laughs> instead of just in the game that they were introduced in. That too. Yeah, but they're not integrated you, in the story at all. As you rescue them, just let you add all of these this huge backlog of characters that they brought back for no reason and people love. Just They clearly animated all of them with attack animations. Mm-hmm. I'll let you put them in their party. Just have a list of like 12 people you can select like two to th- four from yeah and have yeah. them be the people yeah, with you that's what kind of what i was suggesting yeah yeah you could just do that that's what fire emblem does that to enormous say, yeah. effect like the maybe my favorite thing in the game is the moment in the final boss where you die and donald and goofy speak to you through the controller did that happen that happened I don't remember that at all. Were you playing with headphones on? Yes. You you you're playing the final boss, and it's you know the part where you get uh, killed. You yeah. Die. Yeah. Xehanort's like you know changes you into a shadow, uh-huh. and then you have to change him back. After that, he like he shoots you with the keyblade through the heart, and you die. Yeah. 
And then Donald and Goofy's voices come out of the microphone on the controller, and they're like, Sora, wake up. They called you through the controller. Oh, that would be cool. And it's, I was and wearing was, headphones. Oh, man. That's my favorite moment in the game. <laughs> Is that somehow make, it's so oh, cool. Does that allow that moment to make sense somehow? I don't. It just made me really emotional. I, I agree. That is what they were going for was emotional instead of any it, setup. It, it really landed Wait, for me. Is there like logical inconsistency even in the boss battle? Oh, yeah. Because I don't get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. This is even regardless of any like no matter how high up you look at the sequence, like from like an overarching narrative perspective or how far you zoom in, there is always something that doesn't make sense at any point. Uh, I have no idea, as I'm assuming it's just like time travel, uh, how after succeeding in your plan, which should never have succeeded in the first place, to lock away the now all-powerful old person antagonist, right, just yeah. gets the thing you were trying to prevent. He just literally just gets it. He just holds out his hand and it reappears and then the final boss battle starts. Well, wasn't there like a whole fucking prophecy that you just like pretty complicitly fulfilled and then he got the thing like yeah, exactly I, uh, yeah, in the way the that thing, it's yeah, described like you can't keep the keyblade from him because he did the whole yeah he, he did he forged it so yeah. he just has it yeah I think, you can already summon keyblades you know yes and i they, think xehanort earned the keyblade is <laughs> yeah. what i'm trying to say the ownership that i have issue with is that they had this entire like one hour of game time plan where they said we're going to use the ill-defined time travel mechanics to put him in a further location oh, yeah, they, before they seal, he had the keyblade. Yeah, that was the plan, somewhere. is seal him in that, that weird hotel world where you're <laughs> at like a resort for keyblade wielders that's uh -huh. really nice and white and pretty. The plan was to throw his heart backwards in time to a point where he didn't have it yet. And then they do that, and then he just gets it. Then he just reaches out his hand and acquires it. When While does this? Ha I'm like lost. Exactly. Hold on. Exactly. So, well, oh wait, you're talking about the Inception Foldy world. Yeah. Yes. That's the place they send him to. Yeah. That's the place. Yeah. You're trying. I thought he was inside Kingdom Hearts when I, that happened. I was also thinking that they sent him through Kingdom Hearts to that location. They used and then shit. they 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 locked him in there with their keyblades. But that place. What this is so many weeks. I don't. I don't remember time travel being involved. <laughs> no, but no, no. I think you might. They be do right. mention this yeah. in, in the scene where like where Sora's up there by himself and everyone else is just like inexplicably standing around downstairs yeah. doing nothing while the apocalypse yeah. transpires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <sighs> but mechanically, though, I thought that final boss was pretty sweet. Yeah, I actually liked it. I like the idea of him just and just turning you dark and you having to like reacquire your light to have yeah any that succeeding. was pretty sweet like the whole thing like, i think every phase was cool i don't like the last phase i don't like that there's i don't like that you just come back from the dead without clear reason even with like a Kyrie-esque excuse and i and i, I don't think like the idea was that like donald and goofy's hearts are so tired to yours that they can call out to it and bring it back okay that's a good thing that you made up uh, I'm pretty sure that's what's intended. <laughs> sure. They, they like call to you through the controller. It brings a tear to my eye. It is very hard. It's very heartfelt. Is that also how and he then won? Sora, Donald, and Goofy had the most passionate three-way after that. It was very deep. How do how do you win? This is like this is another good thing. What do you mean? At the very narrative. You mean speaking, how is it possible to win against the Keyblade? How is it possible? The Keyblade. Yeah, yeah. That. The X whatever blade. The Kai blade. Yeah. It's, it's cute. How do you win? 
You just you just do the thing harder, and then you beat him. You just hit him more. Yeah, within the entire. He's setup. a frail old man. This is true. Frail, frailty is a part of his character design. Is no, it not connected no... to an omniscient force at this point? I, I think probably it, maybe. Who knows? Omniscient uh, does not mean omnipotent. Whatever. He knows all, but he can still be I th- battered. I literally <laughs> think it's the power of friendship, right? Oh my the, god. The 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 cliche. That Kingdom Hearts gets poked fun at for is that your your good best friends Donald and Goofy bring you back from death's door, and then the three of you put your hands on the Keyblade and shoot him through the heart with a light beam and it kills him. My argument here is that it's not worse than any other RPG I've ever played. <laughs> like the way that the final boss transpires is like you do usually fa- kill like a deity yeah, and that you should probably ha- not be able to kill. Yeah. And what RPG. happens all the time is that you there's an extended fight, you win the fight and then at the end, it seems like both of you are actually on yeah. even footing, is and it, then something happens in a cutscene. Is it much different than beating Sephiroth with the Omni Slash? I <sighs> wouldn't know. That's, God, so many weeds here. That's so metaphorical at that point in the true, Final Fantasy VII narrative that it's unclear if either of those characters actually exist at that point. Fair. Uh, does friendship really exist, JJ? I don't know. It, it does it if you believe in it and manifest itself as a laser beam to shoot an old man through the heart. But like, let's compare this to the endings of one and two. Oh well, it's obviously not even half as good. Even but... like from a boss, even zoomed in as far as you can, just at the like, how did this character beat this other character level of narrative understanding? Ah. There's an easy answer in one, and the answer in two is just you had one other friend and you just had two on one, and it's like evenly matched in a really compelling were, were way they the whole time. Were they maybe trying to go for a Kingdom Hearts one thing? Where like King or Sora believing that Kingdom Hearts was light made it true? And it blasted Ansem with light. He also has light. That's a, he attacks you with light. That's, That's one of the true. Cool things. Yeah, that also came out of nowhere. Xehanort's always just been a a lawful evil character, mm-hmm. and then at the end they were like, no, he 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 thinks both light and dark are good in balance. He's not so bad. They set that up in Breath of a little bit, I think. Uh, but not the, really. But and they're the like, oh, him and Ericus are best friends again. And now they're going to oh, be that. back in time and be voiced by Drake Bell and some other guy. God. And they're going to float off to heaven as 12-year-olds. The entire, like, suggestion by the narrative and marketing of this game, that the entirety of the story that has transpired up to this point was, like, expert moves in a chess game is right. insulting to my intelligence. <laughs> like, that's... How can you Especially even... when Ericus cheats and brings all his pieces back onto the board after he loses. <laughs> that was a dirty trick. That yeah. was no yeah. good. Dirty cheating at the video stealing grandfather. Not even the video game. I don't. I think those were real chessboard pieces. <laughs> yeah, it the was physical legit. chess game. But it wasn't even chess though, because they had like the weird like the Fan- higher fantasy chess. Yeah, it was fantasy. fantasy, chess. fantasy. It was fantasy. He was Key playing four D chess. He was. God, oh, everything about that was awful. And then he give, and then Xehanort <laughs> gives up because yeah, no, he does. Mechanically, real cool. Fantasy, I don't, I don't fantasy chess. I mean, I liked. I don't know. I liked the whole progression of it. Mechanically, what? real pretty. Zero out of ten. He didn't turn into a big boat. 
<laughs> Definitely not a boat. Not that a is boat. a big. They did not, they did not follow it in the Kingdom Hearts tradition of having the bad guy turn into a big boat. <laughs> I liked the. Yeah, they really needed more boat sequences. But he didn't have that sweet goat armor. There were boat mechanics in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he just has a pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you could have a pirate and ship, and under- he could be a big boat. I liked the underwater part of the boss too. Mm. Like they always throw in a part where you're flying around against the boss let's mm-hmm. do a water part too since we spent all, those the, mechanics, yeah, we spent yeah. all the time on the mechanics that was neat no there's one part he, that it I was didn't actually like. challenging like i played on proud mode and that was the one boss that was actually hard it, he killed me like four times it was nice to have a boss I, yeah I can only and like the gimmick of him turning you into a shadow and then after you came back like all the 13 dudes flew at you and, mm-hmm. and that was a good panic moment there was there's good stuff in that i was, I was all right stuff, stuff. I, I would have liked it more on proud I, i'll concede the point there because yes. I, I never got to the boss on proud i started replaying the game on proud to see if the game in normal gameplay would make me have to engage with the systems and it didn't no but i can imagine the final boss of the game maybe finally getting to the point where you had yeah. to care no i happened. was definitely like sweaty palmed like stressed out Good. and like challenged Good. at that okay uh and then okay so and then <laughs> sorry chad we're almost, almost there, Chad, I swear. Uh, you can stop sitting in silence momentarily. Um, so then you beat the boss. The day is saved thanks to the Powerpuff Girls. And um, you come back to everybody, and then it's like, oh, yeah, Kyrie's gone. I bet you forgot, player, but Sora sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then... He's like, oh, I got, I gotta go get her alone, and and Riku, the smart one, is like, but well, why? And then Mickey's like, Nah, he's got it. No, it's the other way around. Mickey, the smart one, says, Why? No, don't do that. And then Riku's like, He's gotta go alone. He's made up his mind. It's, okay, whatever. Then he leaves, right? Mm-hmm. And then it ends, and then you get the nice feel-good scene of them all on the island on the beach hanging out. There's two. Uh, there's Roxas and Ventus, and it's weird. Uh, but then Riku looks over at the Pau Pau Fruit curvy palm tree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he sees Sora and Kairi sitting on it, you know, looking like they're about to smooch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, is Sora's the one that disappears, right? Yeah. So, is what's being implied there? Because, okay, I forgot to mention. When Mickey tells him, no, don't go by yourself, he's like, don't use the power awaken to go like uh chase hearts around to find Kyrie, like that's dangerous that's not what that power is meant for he's like nah fuck you mickey and he leaves uh is what's being implied that he used the power to find and save her and is now like mia this is something that i also had to explain to derek because after we completed the game we had a, a nice like drinking moment we both drove several hours met halfway at a bar and just talked about all, all of our and feelings got about real this. drunk and drove home indeed yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay don't be like jj kids don't be like me the majority in the big hero six world Okay. <laughs> yeah, Wasn't right? expecting yeah, that. Surprise. Okay. Because they're because they're so He bad. was Datasora the whole time. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Let me do this, Andy. In the Big Hero 6 world, uh, at that point, because it's the one of the last worlds in the game, you've probably tuned out all of the bullshit being spewed at you by the various Xehanorts. And young Xehanorts, whole thing 
I think this it was either in the Big Hero Six world or in the Toy Story world, uh, where you are given one of the stupid monologues that you are given uh, is about the power of awakening uh -huh. uh, and about how specifically it was a power designed to use hearts to discover worlds, not to use worlds to discover hearts. And that's like the actual phrasing they give you. And you are being chided by them for using the power during that lich sequence you like so much, Chad, to chase after oh, I people. Love it. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite sequence. It's a, such a good sequence, Chad. Mm -hmm. uh, I do like the dive to the heart imagery. That was neat. And that was supposed to be the setup for this idea that using that power the way that you use it exclusively through this game mm -hmm. is dangerous and will eventually destroy you. Okay. And that is what happens. And then he's he uses, destroyed. He uses a bunch off screen after the game is over and then is destroyed. Okay, that's what I thought. And then he's also in the secret trailer at the end. Oh, like, yeah, dude. Fucking, I forgot we got to talk about the secret trailer. <laughs> Did you ever watch it? No. Well, I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay. Uh, so remember that fake game from the Toy Story world? Oh, of, of, uh, Virum Rex. Re Virum Rex. Get ready yeah. for that to be actually part of Kingdom Hearts. Because Good. the secret movie is Sora and Riku waking up in, like, a Final Fantasy 15 esque Neo-Tokyo JRPG city with the protagonist from that game there. And also the Master of Masters from the back cover yeah, and the yeah. deep lore and all that bullshit. And he puts his hands over the moon and makes a heart shape. Uh -huh. And that's the secret trailer. Ba I think it's basically Tetsuya Nomura being like, I want to make something that wasn't Kingdom Hearts and you won't let me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put my ideas into Kingdom Hearts, Nanana Boo Boo. He's making the first version of Versus 13 that got canceled. That's, that's what, what people, people think, yeah. yeah. I don't know what that means. Here's a, here's a question. Um, yes. Uh, how does Eeyore factor in? If we, yes. If we, okay. if we ignore the secret trailer, yeah. yes. does the end of this game then imply that Sora is just dead? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Though. I also like that. Yeah. But you know. They did it as shitty as they Kingdom could. Hearts 4 will come out and Sora will be fine again in the opening minutes. Oh, yeah. For sure. But like. Yes. What if? Despite though? saying that this was the but end of that But if that story. doesn't happen, I will be stoked. Yeah. And if they ignore every other character and just assume the six make, different versions make of Make Riku Roxas. the main character or some shit. God, what? Whatever. I don't know. No. This is, just this leave is... Sora dead is all I'm saying. Yeah, leave Sora. Hashtag, Hashtag leave Sora keep, dead. Keep, keep Sora as dead. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the app. <laughs> you guys managed to pause enough to get the real version of yeah. the hashtag out. Hashtag keep Sora as dead. Can we slam into final thoughts? Because this, yeah. this oh, is... We this have is, to, yes. This is branching into what I wanted my final thoughts to be. Right. The secret trailer specifically. And I'm just going to wrestle final thoughts from you, Chad. It's power is mine. Wow. Uh, uh, do we have final thoughts? Andy. Yes. I'm assuming you didn't have this experience, Chad. But do you remember when you were young... And you reached those secret trailers at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Yes. Specifically. The way we, we had in 1 this whole setup of this colorful world that became suddenly dark in strange and interesting ways toward the end. And then out of nowhere, huge high-rise cities in like a rainy environment. A coat that you, in your innocent days, had never <laughs> seen before. Uh, with a two-keyblade person fighting a blindfolded Riku for some reason. Mm -hmm. And all of these interesting questions were raised, and the aesthetic was totally different. And then you got to two, 
And that was the aesthetic of two. That's what the game was trying to be. Uh-huh. It's the thing that they set up. And then you reach the secret trailer of two. And fuck all of that. A crazy graveyard full of keyblades you've never seen before. People in armor. All this madness and awesomeness. I remember once Final Mix of two hit, like sitting on my computer at like 240p resolution trying to scream the Japanese version of that trailer because it was this awesome fucking bullshit that turned out to just be the exact end of birth by sleep mm-hmm. i don't know why that was a weird decision but the point is is that at the end of each mainline kingdom hearts game what they set up for was a complete 180 in visual expectations in creativity and what you expected going into the games in a way that was incredibly exciting and ludicrously cool. Uh, and Kingdom Hearts 3 is in no way anything like that. It is a, a masterclass in showing what happens when someone runs out of ideas. This game ha- wants nothing to do with what it was trying to set up beforehand and it and does and spends an equal amount of time trying to both get out of the way things that it sees as corporately contractually necessary and also speed ahead to a future that this game is not in and totally ignores its present where it adds nothing new and just sees fit to regurgitate prior information uh it was boring it was incoherent it annoyed me but it was very very pretty i really wish that this game had just been birth by sleep and that we had lived in a universe where there had been like five Kingdom Hearts games tops. But we are not there. And this was the inevitable ending of the, of the chain of events that Dream Drop Distance started. And that makes me very sad. And you'll buy Kingdom Hearts 4 when it comes out, almost undoubtedly. Nope. I'm done. <laughs> I am actually done at this moment. You couldn't pay me enough not to buy the next Kingdom Hearts game. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> After all of this? Oh, yeah. In your Sora cosplay. Yes. Uh, well, see, for me, I was never even close to as invested. Like, for me, I love the first game. It's my favorite game. And even as early as two, I remember being disappointed in the direction the series was going. So this didn't hit me as hard as it might other people. And with the primer of 3D and 2.8, I was fully ready for this. And as the bigger Disney fan, I was able to really enjoy those parts of the game. And I mean, it, I was I was ready for it. And it, and it's been so long that like it wasn't really that big a deal. Like it it was what I expected. And there can always be a future game that's better. Probably not, but you know whatever. I'm still I still like the general weird disney fusion action rpg thing that kingdom hearts has going on uh so i will buy kingdom hearts 4 or whatever comes out next i had a fun time flying around hitting stuff exactly yeah i had fun with the game yeah i thought the story sucked (laughs) yeah i thought that it got interrupted a lot uh in ways that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, I felt like this game was on the cusp of being really mechanically great, uh, but failed 
on like several levels by like just enough to make it not fun overall i think uh almost all of my uh comments are largely mechanical in nature and i have no idea what was going on for the majority of it uh i think the the biggest complaint that i had that i did not air on here was that time that lee just fucking pulled some ice cream out of his pocket (laughs) (laughs) and he was like oh right i brought these did you forget that you put just naked bars of ice cream in your pocket that probably melt you're on an island like that's terrible uh other than that though i mean it was it had its moments it was fun uh only didn't have that ice cream scene yeah no i give it like like a seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, my opinion is the most worthless of the three. So, like, there, there it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Nicole this week. <laughs> what are we talking about next time? Oh, boy. Next time we're talking about Katamari Damashi. Yes! I didn't even occur to me this far in, like... This is so different in every imaginable way from what we just talked about. I needed this happiness. Mm-hmm. So Katamari Damashi, that's the next one. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our YouTube, our Twitter, email address. Check out all of our old episodes. You can find those on iTunes, Google Play. Please leave us a rating and a review. Throw a comment in the YouTube video if you want there's also a comment section on the uh, webpage. One guy did use it once. Oh, man. Was he a cool guy? <laughs> he seemed nice. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you can be a cool guy, too. Yeah. I don't. Prove him wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Use flow motion to reach that <laughs> subscribe button. You're... And then turn around and use that shot lock to hit the like button. Let your heart be your and guiding yeah. key to the subscribe button. button. There we go. There it goes. <laughs> and ring the bell of awakening. Can I have wrong game? <laughs> Wait, no shit. <laughs> Shut it down. Turn it off. Hey. Oh, yeah. What up, guys? Look at those Chad levels. The Chad levels are here. Look at those Chlevels. Those Chlevels. <laughs> That's the name of the Chad breakfast cereal. Yeah. Right. Fruity Chlevels. <laughs> uh, it's very gravelly and moist. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>